One of the volunteer people in the hospital was called Moses. That really messed me up. Yeah. <laughs> you can imagine. I didn't set fire to any bushes, though. It's fine. Trying to make the place riot wasn't a good way to prove your sanity. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? So I I had to play the game. (laughs) Here we are, coffee and psychosis. I've got some coffee. You've got a peppermint tea. Yep. Got peppermint tea. You want to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Dom. Former psychotic person, I guess you'd say. Here I am in this cool little room. How are you feeling? Pretty good. Yeah. I'm not psychotic. Yeah. <laughs> that laugh. No. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> some people are, or everyone's slightly psychotic. It's just a spectrum, isn't it? Ooh. There's, you know, isn't there supposed to be lots of people who just live with a generalized psychosis? They're just never, not, never diagnosed. We're writing in the deep end straight away. Mm. Okay. So, psychosis. Yeah. What's up with that? <laughs> A lot of things. (laughs) What does the word mean to you? I remember Joe Brand, who's like the celebrity mental health practitioner for the UK, on one of these NHS happy clappy videos, introducing psychosis as saying, it's simply someone who has lost grip of reality. And then with a nice Joe Brand smile. But then if you scratch that down a little tiny bit, you think, hmm, so there's this one objective reality that we're all a part of and someone's lost grip of it. It's like, that's not really true, is it? Because we've all got our own perspective and our own understanding of what is and what isn't. So what I'm trying to say with all that is that it's it's a very difficult thing to nail down what is psychosis. It's a phenomena. Hmm. Yeah. Not properly explained, is it? No, no. It, at one era, it was like a mystic experience. And, you know, in South America still, you'd be considered like a shaman, perhaps. Or, you know, people would go on vision quests to become psychotic, arguably psychotic, to get insight. And it's got a lot of benefits. So, yeah, it depends. It is a phenomena. I guess we could agree on certain things that psychosis involves. Me and you. Yeah. Just the general world. (laughs) And then we'd have a lot of problems (laughs) with trying to argue it. Well, because you'd get a comment and lots of people disagreeing. Oh, no, no one one said anything bad on this. Yeah. No. No. No, That's handy. No, but no, I'm saying is it's everyone's got an opinion, haven't they? They'd all. Well, not not saying bad, but just that what we'd agree on together that, oh, these things that make you psychotic or these are psychosis. There'd be people that say, oh, that's not quite right or you need to include this or. Who are they to say that, though? Who are these people? They may be. You're talking from your own personal experience. <clears throat> yeah. So <laughs> how can you be wrong? How can someone come along and say, your subjective experience is this? That's true. That's a fair point. So fuck them. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I guess so. But there are people that will tell you what you're going through. Which is fun, isn't it? It's <laughs> always good when people tell you what you think. I enjoy that. Psychiatrist. Saves you speaking, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, psychiatrist told me. Ooh. Ooh. It's getting hot now. <laughs> so should we start, should we start at like the beginning? Okay. okay. So what happens? Give me a sort of bullet point. I went psychotic. I guess um, I became 
deeply confused in confusion i mean what you want bullet points you want words or do you want what happened you don't need to go into too much detail the narrative just how it's how it first emerged where were you in your life i was in my mid-20s and i was traveling um and uh, started gradually becoming a lot high energy you know lots of lots of different thoughts and trying to understand who i am and i guess a some spiritual seekers or new age spiritual seekers would say I had an ego collapse or something like that and one day I was doing some writing and I found that in myself the words were started coming through me in an inspirational sense I wasn't actually writing them I wasn't it felt like I wasn't using my brain to write anything these words were just coming through me as I was writing and like you were channeling something. channeling exactly yeah. But at the time, I had no very little understanding of anything. Anything to, I had no understanding of mental health and none, very little about, you know, channeling or spirituality or anything. And uh, but it, it dawned on me as I read it back to myself that this had come from something bigger than who I am, and that was the beginning <laughs> of confusion. Really, confusion, because it's like okay, if there's something bigger than who I am. Uh, and I guess you could say the word God, but I don't like using that word because it's got all the, it's got a lot of stigma attached to it. Yeah. Um, so, but something bigger than who you are, you know, in a spiritual sense, then it's just it's made all these doors open in my mind. Like, what then? What's possible? What What's actually happening? What What is real? You know, what everything I believed in started to come undone. Like, I started to quote. Everything was questionable at that point. Um, and then coming from the basis of perhaps at the time quite an un- emotionally unstable person, just come out of adolescence, not too sure of himself. That mixed, those two things happening, those two things being true in me at the time. One, you know, yeah, it, all these possibilities are here. And on the other, like, don't know who I am. It just suddenly became, it seemed to be a perfect storm and confusion uh, and what sort of things were you writing about then? Well, very religious. Well, it wasn't. No, it was nothing religious. It was about a sport thing. But it, I, what I saw coming through it was actually like archetype religious uh, stories, narratives, like yeah, Jesus and um, like David, and, tales. David and Goliath, and yeah, moralistic yeah. tales and heroes and villains and all your own work, or it all was just through me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like your own fables, in a sense. But obviously, they appealed to or they related to stuff that I'd read or stuff that you know. Um, We're all standing on the shoulders of history, aren't we? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> if you say so. And what do you? What have you done with all those writings? Are they? I walked out. I walked out of the computer without saving anything. Oh, you didn't want a computer? Yeah, yeah, I was on a computer. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was typing. It so was they a were lot typed stuff. They were typing. Yeah, this, this was 2009. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, people still use pens in 2009. Yeah, I'm sure they did. I, I wasn't. I was doing the contemporary thing of using a computer. <laughs> I do have pens at home, though. And, yeah. And paper. Yeah, I, I prefer typing now, I think. <laughs> so you haven't saved any of those things you wrote? No. It's no. sad, isn't it? I wish, or, wish I often did. wish I'd still got them. Yeah, yeah. I saved all my crazy writing. Did you? Yeah. Wow. Can you remember in your mind where you were when you wrote it? 
what in in place so when you no not in just in your mind like right, yeah because it's the sort like, of state i was in yeah yeah where you were like oh yeah yeah i haven't looked at it for a few years but i got a little shoebox full of stuff got two sort of chunky books just random mm. writing and mm. weird pictures and stuff that the psychiatrists don't don't take kindly to looking at those things so they're, <laughs> they're pretty judgmental when it comes to <laughs> why in what way well if they see you drawing pictures of demons and like loads of eyes or something like that they're, they're up in your dose aren't they yeah they are <laughs> up in your dose yeah they're giving you the paranoid schizophrenia label pretty quickly <laughs> you're getting an extra five milligrams or something or yeah yeah or at least yeah. <laughs> yeah so Sorry. where you were traveling you were in australia right when it happened yeah 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 I was in australia. so why did you go traveling were you were you looking for a mystical opportunity yeah i mean in hindsight with the benefit of hindsight i could say i de- i left london wanting to who know who i am I, uh, a deep i don't want to say these words but i'm going to say depression <laughs> because Why don't you, want to say also, you know again the labels and the stigma but a, a general depression had depression's uh, corner t- taken me but when i say general depression i'm not meaning the chronic depression where people are can't you know the genuine can't get out of bed just glum or blue it was like this generalized feeling of low like is this what it's about you know the rat race in london trying to accumulate uh whatever and um just a deep feeling of you know what it's like they're commuters every day and not really looking or talking to each other and it just i know a lot of people who do that in london feel the same way as well i imagine um the ones that i do speak to say that um Imagine how chaotic it would be if everyone was talking to each other, though. Well, maybe, yeah, we'd find that actually each, each other are so interesting. We wouldn't want to go to work to these dull, horrible jobs that yeah. we have to do to fulfil someone else's expectations of what makes us a valid human being. And you you mm. were working on the tubes? Is yes. that right? Yes. Which is the heart of the machine, isn't it? <laughs> well, that is the, like the, blood the engine room. Yeah, yeah it's like the, the veins. The veins and yeah. the, blood, the pumping. So you left that looking for some sort of meaning. Yeah. I had a I had a crossroads where my family, my particularly my father, uh, wanted to me to decide to move in with them and buy a house and kind of, you know, fulfil that goal and help them as well and help myself really um you weren't digging it well i was actually initially yeah. and if maybe if i'd been in a different, a different place at the time i would have carried on with that but no there, I, I, well as i'd agreed to it the more i thought about it it was like this is this is not right i can't settle down now um it's too soon I've, i need to understand what life's about i had to have that experience a lot of people like young people probably uh, relate to that um so I, I took off and did a lot of traveling all around europe and russia and places like that, japan and it was fantastic brilliant it really as i say yeah let made me let go of all the ideas i had about myself i didn't need to just start being me just start being oh well no more pretense like i was just going to these places meeting new people moving on i could just be free free and yeah and it came out this I mean, I, I see my psychotic experiences as very cathartic, very kind of an inner, an inner cleansing of letting out and letting go of stuff. Um, like pushing a reset button? Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. 
And it, it confused me coming back. So after hospital, I was in hospital for two months. In Australia? In Australia, under section. Um, so you had Australian psychiatrists? Yeah. Did that take the edge off their harsh words with their funny accents? <laughs> were they like, you've got to take medication, mate? No, like, no. But yeah, but they weren't. The, they weren't you know, the psychiatrists in Australia weren't commonal. You're commonal Australians. They were the educated. Oh, they don't talk like that. Though. They talk a bit more British. Yeah. It, you know, Spit the I'm generalising, but yeah, well, I didn't. I was in so I was so loved up in some mystical paradise that. I didn't think of his accent. I just wanted to tell him how great he was. Really? <laughs> yeah. So how did Everyone. how did they get you in there then? I thought all the nurses on the ward were angels, you know, and even the p- patients were brilliant. Everyone was brilliant, and they still are. <laughs> so how did you wind up in in there? Um, well, you know, this is the this is the thing and the problem I have still have, I guess, with the diagnosis, and is that I didn't just turn psychotic. Um, after this spiritual experience, and this is where you, this is a spiritual emergency or a, you know, not not for me, a psychotic episode particularly, although it was. Um, is there a difference? Well, I know this is this is it. But some, for some people, yes. Some people would say that you, some would say you can't differentiate and some would say they are different. Um, but I had this spiritual experience writing and then tried to work it out. And it was through the limitations of my current knowledge and I guess capacity to analyze, I don't know what was going on. Um, my lack of groundedness, traveling and backpacking. I just, I just tried to make sense of that spirit, that experience. And in, it took four days, but initially I was okay. I mean, if I talked to my family, cause I've got family there. I, my first thing I did was I went to try and explain it to my family and I was using a lot of metaphors and trying to talk about, the bible because my only understanding of spirituality was the bible um at the time and the first the first like that it happened on the monday and then on the tuesday i was still okay okay in inverted commas like i i was wavering but by the wednesday i but i was having this constant inner dialogue trying to understand talk to a sense this higher power like trying to understand what is this about am i here am i special is this you know what am i here to do something then is this, is this like a my prophet you know it, it was kind of you were trying to explain how you were feeling or what was going on in your head i was you? asking yeah trying to explain it for myself but also asking so there's this higher power i can ask it right i can i can call on it because before that i was pretty much damn straight atheist and didn't believe in anything and whatever so but then by the about the Wednesday and having not slept very much, I mean, the classic psychotic symptoms, not sleeping, I wasn't eating very well, if anything. Um, I can't remember eating those last couple of days. By the Wednesday, I was starting to get very, very confused um, and delusional. Uh, but I say that was gradual. What's delusional, though? Delusional, okay, well, to me, wanting to walk through a brick wall to prove that you're not actually a physical being is... To me, that's that was a delusion because when I tried to walk through the wall, I hurt my head. So that wall did exist, and so did my body. <laughs> but in a way, though, the wall's just made up of a bunch of atoms yeah. and energy. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, in a way, it is an illusion. And yeah. also, you know that book, "The Men Who Stare at Goats." You heard of that? You've told me about it. I don't remember. The U.S. Army invested millions of dollars. Oh yeah, yeah, into... yeah, yeah. That's a film, isn't it? As well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they've invested millions of dollars into a secret team that could 
make goats explode with their minds mm. and also all these other weird things that just would seem delusional to mm. think that they were possible right cool but they get they don't get sectioned no yeah i know it's like the four psychologists or psychiatrists psychologists went into all they had to say was the word no thud thud that's it yeah, yeah thud yeah and uh they all got sectioned they were all schizophrenic <laughs> Se- seven right there's seven there's seven them. Seven. I think we. I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast before. It's often seven, isn't it? <laughs> Should we explain what what happened? Yeah, yeah, so okay, the, yeah, yeah. This uh, was it. A, te- a teacher. He's he was teaching psychologists about the sort of subjectiveness of judging madness. Yeah, and he told his students to present themselves to different mental health hospitals mm. and don't do anything out of the ordinary. Just say there's a voice. Yeah, and it says thud. Yeah. And all of them were sectioned, kept there against their will, and six were given a bipolar diagnosis. I think it was schizophrenia. It was one that one of the one two. of the big ones. There yeah. was one six, and then that one was the other one. Yeah, yeah. He told them all about it, and said, like, "Oh well, send some more. Then we'll we'll, pr- we'll, prove, <laughs> we'll prove it. it. We'll prove it. We we'll get it right." So he said, "Okay, I'll send some more." <laughs> and then all these hospitals started. I don't know, sending letters probably. Yeah. Saying, "Oh, we found him. This is one. This is one." Blah, blah blah, and the guy turned around and said, "I didn't send anyone." Oh, yeah, wow. wow. So, and I think that was in the seventies. Yeah, it was, and that that study made such, um, and all the bits of it, as you say, I don't know, all, I can't remember all of it, but um, that gave birth to the new DSM because because they the DSM became a way of diagnosing diagnosing with more, you know, re- reliability, and. That study made such a mockery of the mental health system as it was, which was still fighting between psychodynamic and because classic Freudian and this new modern way of you know, med, uh, psych, you know the biomedical model and is that is that is that the modern way? Well, to suggest that psychiatry isn't basically now like a branch of neurology slash pharmacology. Well, I don't want to say that. Um, that. Yeah, I do think it has gone that way. We are the biomedical route. It with... seems like they used to do that sort of thing back in the day. They'd just write people off as being biologically inferior and incapable of living a life. Um, right? That sort of barbaric view of people. I don't know. I guess I'm just talking about like how mental health was done. It It's changed from before there seemed to be like this duality of approaches but they were both valid like psychodynamic freudian oh you're having hysteria or you're ill because of the transference with or because you see me as your father figure and all that that stuff that's like 1900s early 1900s no, yeah it? but no but psychiatry adopted yeah. that approach you know and a hospital would mean lots and lots of very expensive therapy not for everyone. When's this? When are we talking? Time-wise? Well, you're, well, you're talking 60s. about the study in the yeah, 70s. Yeah, okay. So it's like 50s, 60s, yeah. all from Freud up till... But then it was in the 70s, and that study particularly made such a mockery of the the interpretiveness. Because psychotherapy, psychodynamic therapy, is very interpretive. It's yeah, like, course, how yeah. can I... Yeah, how do I analyse you? I come up with a narrative of why you are the way you are and the, your life script and... This this is the transference and bloody bloody blah. blah, blah. Is, isn't there an element of collaboration to that though as well? Oh yeah, there is. I'm not saying I'm not trying to disprove the psychodynamic model. Many many no, no, many I'm scholars have tried to do but that. But I mean, you know, in <laughs> psychiatry, it's like this is what you got. Yeah, well, this is it. This is what. Yeah, but that 
was the birth of the DSM. It was like, okay. That, um, which one was, was that DSM-3? DSM-4. Four. No, the 3 was still really problematic. Was, the f- was that the one where they released it to the public? And they said the public could buy it. And they sold a shit ton. Oh, I can't remember. They, Actually, you're right. No, I think you're right. I think... I think there was the D- I think it was the DSM two and it might have been into the birth into the DSM three. They added like hundreds more things, didn't and they, they? And they've continued on that yeah. pathway. And yeah. even and the people about that DSM write five. it say yeah. that it's fucked. Yeah, it's out of control, and its validity mm. is extremely questionable. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. I mean, I'm sure today you could send someone with slightly ambiguous symptoms to five different NHS teams, or consultants and i bet even better you could do it by location you could do send one to a british one one to an american one one to an australian one and you would get different diagnoses course, yeah. and different reasons and different you know it's still they have not... their favorites don't they yeah yeah probably do Cause it, yeah because if you had a robot it's in vogue yeah, yeah it would be yeah if a hospital if a hospital's yeah that's something if anyone read has read tanya lerman of two minds it's an anthropological look at um, Western psychiatry America, in America and she said that diagnosis often followed the specialisation of the hospital so if a hospital was really good on schizophrenia a lot of the patients that came would end up with a schizophrenia diagnosis whereas if they were specialists on some type some form of anxiety disorder the specialists would always see the anxiety disorder in someone <laughs> I mean, it's really problematic isn't yeah. it but then how do you manage the mental health of tens of millions of people i mean it's like you need i kind of a, this is where i'm kind of trying to be central with it and the and also be fair to medicalization and pharmacology because it does help. And that study we've just made fun of with the word thud proved that we needed some system to suggest that we don't have people, that people don't suffer with mental illness. Let's so de- think, deconstruct mental illness. Do you think people ha- that people do fit into those boxes though? Because that's what it does Def- boil down to, Definitely right? not perfectly. No. Oh, done. So unprofessional. Your phone's gone off. Yeah, no, sorry. Um, <laughs> but... Def- definitely not perfectly. No, of course no. not. Never. It's, life's never that neat and tidy, is it? No. And and I wish, I pray and wish that there was more resources that away from pharmacology, like medication, and we had more resources for therapy because definitely the best outcomes for anyone that is having problems with psychosis or uh, different other mental health conditions is both, is treatment for the most extreme symptoms in the with the medication and then yeah treatment for the underlying because yeah. otherwise the medication just acts as a bit exactly. of a screen it's one without the other is not useful no, probably right you get someone functioning if you can't sleep you need a sleeping pill just yeah you, you get know. someone you can get someone functioning and and working back to work which is sadly that's a bit of a dodgy one. The slogan, isn't it? Let's get back problem. to work. Yeah. yeah, but you're not actually helping, really helping someone to become a happier, better person or have a better life. They're just medicalized and and not having had lots of different types of the, um, you know, antipsychotic medication and whatever. The sim- the side effects, not just the side effects like a weight gain or shaking and all the really those kind of side physical effects. things. I'm talking about just the generalized numbness. Yeah, you know, um, I don't take medication anymore. Generally, I've just as in, just in case kind of thing. Um, but I remember when my father passed away, um, the recommendation was to just take some. It was that kind of time. It wasn't that long since I'd stopped medication and something really sad and 
difficult had happened um and so it was like oh why don't you take some but it had been a few months and I was with my girlfriend and to kind of cheer myself up a bit after it was maybe a couple of weeks after he'd gone was to go up to London to watch a football game and get a ticket and whatever and I remember having had the meds for a couple of days and okay you can say well it was because of your dad but no I I was doing it if anything for dad because he was a supporter of the team or whatever and I was on. So you'd taken a pill? I'd taken the pill, yeah. and I remember sitting on the train and said, This just, just, I just don't feel the same. And she was like, What do you mean? And I said, Well, I know no matter what, especially because my dad and his love for this, I would be more excited. I would be feeling way more right now. It's, it doesn't, these pills don't know how to just target the yeah. particular parts of the psychosis it's a very blunt tool isn't it? it's a very blunt tool yeah. it will just take it ha- it has to shut down the whole lot or nothing it yeah. can't you know it's not sophisticated enough and i'm not saying that means write them off i'm just saying that it's a reality that isn't talked about maybe shared as much in the the psychiatrist meetings i've been privy to anyway that's how i just made a film about all this stuff no it's great you didn't well, want to be in it recommends going on well because <laughs> Because I've un- been enough un- of your films, thank you. <laughs> the unveiling. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll see it. I'll go to the premiere. Oh, I don't know what, what that's going to look like. I'm not allowed <laughs> to show it to anyone at the moment. I'm told it's really good, and the same people tell me I can't show it to anyone. Why? Because it's too too powerful, apparently. Is it really? Uh, apparently, yeah. Can't I see it though? Yeah, I'll show you. Yeah, yeah. I want to see it. Yeah. Anyone um, that listens to this might want to see it now as well. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Anyway, as soon as you say we can't show it, though everyone yeah, wants yeah, to see it. True, yeah. <laughs> I'll work it out. Yeah, I work somewhere, even if I have to go rogue. <laughs> spent too much time on it. <laughs> I spent too what, much time on it. What What's going rogue? I too powerful. Yet. Give me an example. What's too powerful? Well, yeah, you, you have to watch it. It's a bit of a. It's it's got it's, it's, tearjerker. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Sad. It's tragic. It's it's just real. It's not about whether medication works it's about how just the idea of medication works you know so what is it sure i'm putting on weight i'm feeling sleepy all the time i've got no energy blah blah blah. but when someone says you've got to take a pill for the rest of your life yeah it's very sad how does that it's like change the view of yourself yeah yeah and that's one of the things someone said is that um if it felt like i was someone had had died yeah. And I was grieving yeah. for the old me. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's definitely grief. The first thing I... One of the first things I said when he told me, you're going to be taking these medications probably for at least 15, 20 years, but probably for life. The first thing I remember saying was, I um, can't be an astronaut anymore. And I know that sounds funny, but what I meant by that is this means that I've been written off of a lot of stuff now. You know, I can't... Being an astronaut is probably the most difficult profession to get into but anything like safety critical anything kind of you know becoming a psychologist you know I just thought a lot of things because of this diagnosis because of this medication have now been no matter what they say about there's no you know stigmas getting better and equality and diversity there are still things that once you've said I've had this I've been in hospital I take this Yes, it's improving, but there are still certain jobs. I couldn't go and work for the RAF. There's no way. Not if you admit it. A lot of people lie <laughs> to get yeah, in. So it's an immediate <laughs> feeling of being limited. Like. I've had that same conversation where someone, a doctor said, you know, 
looking at his computer. You have to take this for the rest of your life, otherwise you're going to have another episode of psychosis if you stop. And my my reaction was just anger, because I, I, I felt like that was just a complete insult to me. Mm. Not just my face, but my whole sort of being. Mm. In that he'd already looked into the future and judge me and all this stuff yeah. ju- purely based on notes yeah yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty harsh isn't it yeah it's not really true it doesn't have to be true yeah look at us now yeah. right yeah you don't take medication no when did you stop medication in years don't um, be specific probably about two or three years ago no it's good man is it good though it, well, is why it is good? it good well, it's good because you don't need it and you're functioning yeah. without it. And if you're on it for a long term, you well, get it's some good because it's atrophy. good. Sorry, it's not the thing. It's good because you've... Tuck, we, it, tuck it down a bit. It's good because we've just demonstrated why. Because mm. what you're, we're saying some people grieve the loss, the anger. To say, I didn't look, I haven't needed it, that is... That is great, isn't it? That we don't need it. We've we've man, we're managing without it. We're not psycho. We're not off the wall. We're not yeah. threat, threatened with, you know. And no, these and these pills have horrible side effects. So yes, yeah. it's a good thing. Lower your lifespan for, by twenty years. Yeah. Well, all that kind of stuff. I mean, they're not. They're not. They're poison. They're poison. They're yeah. helpful poison. You know, Joanna Moncrief. No, you're not heard of her. Ooh, no. She'd be right up your street. She's got this idea about medication. Our current view of it is that it's a disease-centred model Mm. in that you take the pill Mm. and it's correcting your disease. But what it should actually be more like is a a drug-centred model, she calls it. The example she uses to explain it really well, to my fragile, tiny mind, (laughs) is um, how people will get drunk to alleviate social anxiety. So getting drunk is putting you into a state of intoxication, Mm. which you then find more helpful. Mm or more peaceful or more comfortable being. Yeah. It's not saying that it's correcting your anxiety. No. You know? Yeah. Because that's what, if it, that's that's the thing, isn't it? Uh, right. We're, so we're, the, it, the drug, it's like the drug is helping us with this condition, helping us be more human or better human mm-hmm. as as considered by mainstream or whatever. But it's, so it's not... The it's not you, it's not normalizing you it's not mm. it's not taking away all the bad stuff it's like and it, reverting you to zero it's, it's, it's adding and changing you and you find that more helpful maybe we t- if you look at if you consider perhaps that psychosis could be a form an extreme form of social deviance when you are on the train and someone spontaneously starts singing mm. or we've all been there on a bus or get them in the loony bin that's what they're thinking isn't it your your first thought is what is that What's yeah. that person? Right, yeah. that's, that's a they're, cla- they're an outsider. That's a classic outsider. It's yeah. a classic example of social deviance. Psychosis is an extreme form because it's not someone who's just decided, oh, I'm going to be spontaneous and scare everyone because it's acting outside the norm. This is someone who's not cho- necessarily choosing. They've, they're going through something and they are acting in a very deviant way that's scary to a lot of people, that's un- unfathomable by a lot of people. They're like, why is that person doing that? You know, the guy that made um, that famous YouTube video that got seen by billions, literally, um, Coney 2012. Yeah. He, don't laugh <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> too much. It's just funny because it, because was, it went so big. He had such an incredible reaction to it. But he went, he, now I don't know if it's been publicised too much, but it's so obvious to me that he went psychotic because he ended up uh, walking down the street naked, shouting at the devil. Classic, just classic episode. Old school, old school psychotic yeah. episode, right? But it was because of a reaction. But that is that is extreme social deviance. Now he had had 
he'd had this incredible thing happen. He created a great video that lots of people were inspired by. Um, and then his he perhaps wasn't prepared for the reaction, but his way of handling... No, society's way of handling that extreme deviance is not to try and, you know, satiria house it, like try and let him work... Satiria not House. Everyone that is. Let, let him work it out on his own. Satiria House is a famous story by uh, a house that's Dr. Stan Grof or Dr. Weir Perry. Holland, right? Dr. Weir Perry, I think was the original. It might be. No, it was America. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And But there was a few, there was perhaps a few doctors who wanted, got these very so called sick schizophrenics and whatever who were psychotic into a house, didn't medicate them tried to engage their psychosis, tried to engage, you know, and had some really good and interesting outcomes. And actually there have been lots of talk about it coming back. And you know, There are still doing, some yeah, around, yeah. aren't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Give people a space to be. I mean, I consider, I had a second, quite a second episode, big second episode when I got back because my first one was so well medicated. Um, like, heart, you know, they put me on all sorts straight away. I couldn't even remember my own name. Um such was my extreme. I mean, they were they were so convinced because of my. They said I was so articulate and at the same time convincing that I must be on LSD, and so they put me under and lumbar punched my spinal fluid to check whether I'd been on LSD. They were convinced. Can they just uh, urine no, test you? Was, no, no, they, they because thought I was no, on LSD. no, because the urine came back negative. So they did. Then they did the spinal test, and they they, they were convinced. They said, "How really? could you been?" Because I was so lucid, I wasn't like speaking i was actually really calm and i was trying to speak cogently with these people and you know my uncle says to me now who was there who took me to the hospital he said i still believe that had they not just called the massive eight aussie orderlies to pin me down he could have talked me into going to the ward because i was having quite calm conversations despite all the you know anyway that's my well, let's, brutal, let's brutalized experience what, of hospital. How did you end up in in hospital in the first place? What what was the breaking point? I had convinced my father to buy me a, a ticket back home because I ne- I knew I needed to get back to England because I had really right. important work to do, yeah. and which was like save, save the world, save the world, yeah. <laughs> um, which is an important yeah yeah, yeah important work, work, yeah. Well, I'm still doing it's it in my done, little way, it? and I was right. Yourself. I was yeah. right. Yeah. I'm st- in my own little yeah. way. We're yeah. all st- we're all trying to save the world in our own little way. Yeah, uh, not, not everyone. I'll give don't, know, don't know what Trump's doing. <laughs> We're all indifferent. We're all indifferent. Yeah, but it, yeah, but in his own way. Yeah, I guess you could look at it like that. That's in his own way. He yeah. thinks he is. But yeah. let's build a wall. I mean, <laughs> he just hasn't seen what others have tried to do. Anyway, let's not get political. So how did how did, did you go kicking and screaming? What was no, the situation? No kicking and screaming. I got this ticket, and my uncle came to me in the morning. I was planning to get on the flight. I had everything sort of ready. Yes, I was very confused and having you know all the stuff going on but i had this flight ticket and my uncle said look you know with everything you've been coming out with recently he didn't say it like that but he he said you know we want you to go and see the doctor we've i've got an appointment for you to see the doctor before we take you to the flight because he might need his idea was that they were going to give me like a diazepam a sedative just to calm me down a bit to get through the flight take the edge off yeah um but by the time i'd got into the surgery i was the the stuff I was saying to the doctor, like I was speaking in such metaphors, and uh, my uncle said, "Look, he's he's delusional, isn't he?" And the doctor said, "Look, I would, I was just taking down to Hornsby right now," um, but he said it in a way that it was okay. And um, I, I, by that time, I was just so gone. One of the volunteer people in the hospital was called Moses. 
that really messed me up. Yeah. <laughs> you can imagine. I didn't set fire to any bushes, though. It's fine. No. <laughs> so how did you... You went up in there voluntarily, did you? Uh, well, no, not voluntarily. I, well, I went to the hospital voluntarily um, with my really? uncle. What yeah. did you think was going to happen there? Did you know where you were going? Oh, I trusted. Did you think everyone I just was going to be nice? No, I just, exactly. I just trusted. No, I had no clue. You weren't sort of um, I was so anxious naive. about it or par- no. paranoid, as they'd say. I was fine. I was. I thought it would be fine. The only, the had, moment... Had you seen one fly over the cuckoo's nest at that point? No. Yeah, well, there no. you go. No. I had no insight at all. Didn't know what to expect from Nothing. those places. And I don't think they were all like that, but no. <laughs> of course anymore. not. Well, that, that's what I thought when I went in there. I was... I, I was projecting, I suppose you'd say, what I thought those places were like to the place I was in. Mm. I, I thought the whole. I thought when I walked in that the whole thing was a set, to, designed to test my sanity. Right. And if I passed, they let me straight out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Did you pass? Apparently not. <laughs> How long were you in hospital for? Sixteen days. All oh, right. Okay. I got you licked, haven't I? <laughs> I was in there too much. I shouldn't have got out so quickly, though. Oh, no. I just pretend... I, I played the game. Okay. I worked out quickly that Did you? trying to make the place riot wasn't a good way to prove your sanity. <laughs> 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 Is it? So I, played, I had to play the game. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I did, yeah. I got put on a higher section for that. <laughs> that's enough. Fine. Out of punishment, probably. Yeah. You had your nurse, whatever her name was. What was her name in the one that flew over the cooking nest? That horrible one. Oh, I can't remember. She got her just desserts, though. I think, if I remember correctly. So what was the first impressions of a hospital for you, then? Well, I woke up. They put you down? Yeah, they they pinned me down they... and then put me under. What made them pin you down? Because I just... Uh, what it was, I went up to... Uh, my uncle went up to the receptionist and she said there was a two-hour wait. And we had our flight and stuff. And well, no, it wasn't because of the flight. I just was impatient. I just had this energy, you know. I needed to get it out. I needed classic symptom, I guess you'd say. Um, and I went up back up to the receptionist, but I was polite. I mean, I still remember it. I, the I receptionist said, in the airport. No, in, in the, the hospital. hospital. Right. Uh, the, this is a general. Hospital. The admissions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite a nice hospital. And um, went up to the woman. I said, "Look, I can't wait." She, I I was quite assertive, but calm i said I i'm not going to wait two hours i need to be seen now kind of like that and she just smiled and said okay that's fine and then she pressed the button underneath the counter Why? well she or she rung someone because i went and sat back down um and i said to my uncle oh, it's fine i'm going to be seen like soon and then slowly but surely these rather large burly men appeared like around me um two here and like there was two they were just so she rung and said we've got a an uncooperative patient. Really? Seriously, was well, she called security? But it seems like you weren't doing. I anything. didn't. Do, yeah, exactly. It was quite a brutalised experience. Definitely, I wasn't. I wasn't. My uncle would testify, and he wasn't diagnosed with anything that day. So I was quite calm, and when I went up to her, I just said it like that. But um, I was quite firm. I, but I was. I was just you know calm as that. And the next thing I know, yeah, there were there were all these blokes eyeing me up. Um, and just watching you just looking yeah and i tried to i think what i tried to do was i said to my uncle can we leave can we just go and that's when they grabbed me 
Really? I wanted to leave, yeah. And they, so they, you weren't being like aggressive? Or no, no, not that. Like, no, I was just sitting with him. Yeah. That's, that's why my uncle said, you know, if I'd been able to talk to you, if they had somehow talked to him first and said, look, we need to get him in, could you ask him just to come to the, you know, he, he's sure. He went home, he said... Well, no. So if, if your uncle had gone through a desk and demanded to be seen, do you think he would have got pinned down? Well, I don't think so. No, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was really... So they, they pinned me down and then put me on, put injected me with something. Yeah. And um, that's when they did the tests, the various tests. Um, and it really felt like <laughs> I'd been invaded. I woke up, I woke up starving, hungry. I don't know how long they'd kept me under. My back absolutely killed where they'd put something, done something to my back. Lumbar punch, I guess. And um, put me in a wheelchair and took me down to the ward. And I was in the secure the four bed where they only have the four beds for the most disturbed I guess and I woke up the next morning and I was just oblivious I was like okay where am I who is this I had nothing on me apart from my clothes that I was wearing and I think they put me in pajamas and then the first thing I did as I came out of this little room was um oh Dominic and this woman came up to me with a handful of pills yeah like literally a handful there was like six in her hand and I just said, where am I? She said, you're in the hospital. You need to take these. And Without I was like, any explanation. I was like, I was like, well, what are they? <laughs> what yeah, are they? Yeah. She said, and then she said, oh, well, this one's for your mood. This one's, and she made it all sound very nice. Like I was having candy that do these really cool things. Yeah. She's like, this one does this and this one will sort this out. And, you know. You, were you like, what, what did you think? I was just, all right. I trusted. I was just trusting. Yeah. Trusting. And I, I just said, okay, I took them. And I was fine for the first week. It was it was like a couple of weeks in that I started having really bad side effects. They had me on like three antipsychotics. Why did they keep you in there for so long then? Well, partly because I needed to go back. I was going back to England and needed a place to stay. There was no, no. no. But they they just they were just so concerned with the the t- level of delusion. In, in, they let me off. What you were saying after two weeks, they let me out of the. They thought I'd made such a rapid recovery. Because um, I'd gone back to like being rational and saying, you know, had you, or were you just putting some on? and some? No, the meds had a real strong effect on me. <clears throat> I went on to the main ward, psychiatric ward, and then I don't know. Someone, I, I felt like jokes were being played on me in there because I say there was this guy called Moses who was a volunteer that messed me up the first week, and then someone had drawn a cross on the wall, a red cross, you know, of someone who's having Jesus delusions. I looked at that. Oh, they're crucifying me. And then this this made my this made my stay. I walked into the staff room while they were having a staff meeting and I told them they need to let me out right now. Yeah. And they all they did was move me straight back into the yeah. acute unit. <laughs> That's like what happened to me. All oh, right. With the riot. With the riot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I I made the alarms go off from going to the um staff office and demanded they let me leave. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's not yeah. a good tactic. Yeah, walking in the staff room. I should have been like, oh, keep me here forever. Yeah, I'll yeah. stay forever. You know, yeah. you, then they'd be like, yeah, maybe we should let this guy out. That's how Morgan Freeman got out of prison, isn't it? In uh, he was in prison. Shawshank Redemption. Oh, in Shawshank Redemption. When he said, "Just leave <laughs> his me. character." Yeah, yeah. When yeah. He, he I, thought like, he, I thought he meant no. actual Morgan Freeman. Oh, I can't remember his character's name. Red. Red, yeah, Red. Yeah. That's how Red got off, isn't it? For years he'd been saying, "No, I'm yeah, a changed yeah. man. Very let true. me out." Yeah. And then when he said, "Forget it." just sign your form and get on with it and then let him out <laughs> yeah so but having said all this and portraying 
portraying you know that experience as being what it was you know i'm very very grateful for what happened and it's made me who i am grateful to who like grateful for the experience or grateful, grateful to for the grateful to the universe to grateful to it, that it happened there's no one in particular that it's given me a new lease of life because it's made it's meant coming home i've been able to get therapy i've been able to start a career i've been able to understand myself i'm a better per i mean we talk about recovery i don't think this is recovery where you are certainly a better person um thanks to the the mental health experience mm. than it's not trying to get back to something before i have you know it's been like an evolution into a, prog- a progression into a happier person just generally and a more you know, so I'm grateful for these experiences. And the hospital, there was wonderful... I mean, I say, these nurses, even the one with all the, the pills that I didn't like the look of, um, she was great. They were all... They were all... It was such a great experience. Good intentions they had. Yeah, yeah. but you, I could just feel... You know, psychosis for me, I was very sensitive. I was very sensitive. I, I had heightened sensitivity, and that is something, you know, you read as yeah. a classic sign yeah. of being psychotic or high manic is that you know great sensitivity you you can see someone's fear way better you can see how they're coming to you i mean i felt that i felt it was just very intuitive and what i saw in all these nurses most most of them particularly was that they were just genuinely there because not because of massive financial gain or anything like that they were there because they cared and that's why i perceive them as angels i just thought they were brilliant people well the guys that pinned you down the orderlies, yeah. they weren't at nurses. Uh-huh. <laughs> they were like, I don't know, they were like the wheelchair pushers or something. <laughs> they were massive. But they, I put up a good fight, you know. They needed six of them, so yeah. I'm not big. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Superhuman strength. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then you got out of the Australian one, stra- came straight home. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I came straight home. What, yeah. did, what was I, landing like? Oh, shit. I mean, I, that, that was depression. That was really, that was sucked. I mean, I went from beautiful Australian sunshine in the spring, in their spring, oh no, in their autumn to, oh no, in their spring, and uh, back to a February in bloody England, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, where I had, I, before this had happened, I found a great job. I was going to get sponsored probably to stay there. Um, in you know, Australia? I was, yeah, I was enjoying my, my family, spending time with my cousins and my aunt, uncle and aunt and everything. And it was really depressing. I found myself with not only a serious mental health diagnosis on lots of medication that were making me feel all kinds of weird and wonderful, horrible things. And now sleeping on my sister's sofa with no job with very little prospects apart from the fact that oh you've got to live with this condition and it was it was horrendous so in that moment you said you sort of look back now and you think worth it glad it happened totally worth it at that at that point in time sucked were you feeling sort of grateful for that experience no way no Uh, well i i thought hold on i've had a really spiritually enlightening experience but it's not been respected i couldn't I, I couldn't I couldn't resolve so it was almost as if I had two choices it was either a spiritual experience and all these doctors and all this stuff is rubbish or I believe in the mental health and all this enlightening like awakening to something greater isn't true and that that was really dark because it's like 
either way it was hard because you know I had all these people my family everyone telling me this thing and then I always felt this thing and I never resolved that and so I was taking these meds and a mental health team a really good mental health team uh, a psychosis an early intervention and psychosis service which is an exclusive you know they've got limited funding they go for only people in their first episode usually you know it's a really great team otherwise you get just dumped in adult mental health the one here is really good isn't it one, okay well i don't know <laughs> but i know this is one of the, the best country. in the country isn't it yeah, Apparently, yeah. yeah. anyway th- that team can get started uh accepted me on their mm. start but right before team. that you you were sort of but no but i didn't engage yourself. no but even before that's what i'm saying yeah. even when that happened i didn't agree with you it. didn't want anything no. to do with them so even this great i because I, I hadn't resolved you've the been fact. burnt before I didn't believe I was mentally ill at that point. Yeah. I thought, even though I was taking the meds, I just thought, no, this, is, this isn't right. There's something really wrong. I, I know something has happened to me that's more meaningful than anyone, that any psychiatrist or anything could tell me. But I took the pills and I, it was really conflicted. And my yeah. dream, I remember my dreams a lot of the time were always this, again, archetypes in my dreams of like spiritual, like God or something, and trying to resolve it against like more rational and um what's the word sceptical you know and the sceptical side of me the scientific side in me trying to trying to resolve itself against the spiritual and that was my first year of living with the diagnosis and psychosis and then I stopped I disengaged I stopped taking the meds stopped seeing the doctor the psychiatrist once a month or once every whatever it was at that point and I fell back into the way I was living in Australia as best I could. So like going out a lot, drinking. Um, and I started reading like psychosis forums or like bipolar forums and trying to see what... And I met. I remember meeting this girl up in London. I've only met her like twice. I haven't seen her for years. She was what she called a beeper. Oh, I've never heard of that. I'd never heard of it at the time, but apparently a beeper is someone who's bipolar one who always tries to ride the highs, avoid the lows as best they can, but always try and get into the high and stay on the highs. Or or someone who's continually like uh, cycling through the manic and the lows, like a beeper, someone who's just... Boop, 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 boop. I think that's what it means. But um, she said, yeah, I'm a beeper. So she's always trying to find the high. She goes back to hospital. She gets you know have a she has she's had like community treatment orders and whatever mm. has to take the injections and then as soon as she comes off it and compl- is compliant that horrible word she yeah. tries to get high again you know and i remember meeting her that was a little bit of a turning point i remember going i'm not doing that i am not doing that i do not want to have to keep you know but the one thing that she did help me consider was that you know maybe this i didn't expi- my experience got taken away from me yeah. And while it had lots of negative, I guess you could say, practical outcomes like losing my job and losing, losing where I lived and coming back to England and stuff, um, there was something very meaningful about it that I wasn't yeah. allowed to yeah. experience. So got hijacked. Yeah, exactly. So I started to consider having one again and I was going on a forum talking about to people who were like, oh, the powers that you can get when you're psychotic, like to... You, you feel so intuitive that you can guess the lottery numbers and that you can... And are these people that they they see those experiences as mental illnesses or they see them as something different? A bit of both. There was a, yeah. it, was a, it was like this spiritual med, mental health forum. Okay. You know, it was... I can't remember the name of it. I think it's actually gone now. 
but there's probably loads out there, I hope. But they were helpful because some some were there as like the old heads and some were like young people. But they were saying all these things that I believe, like, I felt was true. Like, when you're psychotic, it's like shamans were considered, you know, witch doctors were considered these wise, powerful people because they were so, they, you know... They'd gone further. They'd yeah, gone to the, the edge. the power of belief yeah. is incredible, you know, and I still believe that, like going into like the x-files and supernatural kind of thing but it's like if you believe in something that's why the placebo effect how can you explain the placebo effect how can you explain yeah. people recovering when they're taking doing nothing but, but taking a placebo like why is it someone feels pain relief when they're just sucking up dust off the floor they haven't attached the hose to the oxygen you know the power of belief is incredible and i know that when i was psychotic my uncle tells me he believed in a lot of what i was saying he still Last time I saw him, he reminded me of that. I believed in about like four of the things you kept saying. What were those things, you know? That I was going to change the world, that I was going to go straight back and start speaking to Tony Blair and tell him he needs to sort out these two things. And he said, I can't, remem- I can't remember what they were, John, I'm sorry. But my uncle said they were so profound. They're like the Iraq War or just <laughs> nah. something <laughs> about the... No, they were like social... Po- but they were so profound mm. that my uncle said they were so simple and so profound that it was like, you know, it made perfect sense and it would make a big difference. You know, it was just... He said you, you were coming out with stuff. Mm. And, and that's what makes me think, you know, shamanism and... They are they were brilliant. They are brilliant. They they but they're bound to be because they're allowed to I've be. Ex- yeah, because they're, they're allowed to be, and yeah. they've experienced that kind of feeling. Um, but you were a, you, in the Western world. It was you were, you were a Ill. cog that had slipped yeah. out of the machine. I was socially deviant in yeah. a way, you know, and whatever. There were there are downsides to psychosis. There were downsides to my psychosis. But anyway, I wanted to bring it back. So I met this girl, and she I got some advice, and I was told, given tips how to become psychotic again. I probably shouldn't say. <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> well, you know, they just they just. What sort of tips are they then? Go and Don't s- sleep. Go and see. No, someone said go and see a transpersonal therapist, like someone who's spiritually. Yeah, you know, and will, not will to they... bring not to bring on psychosis, but to try and explore the spiritual aspects of it. Mm. more health more healthily but i mean are these people are these transpersonal therapists people that believe psychosis is a thing yeah it could some and some it depends you know one person's psychosis i don't know i wouldn't like to say it's so black and white yeah but would would, would uh, and the one that i went to they'd see, help you they were going to help you she the one turn. i went to see didn't really help me very much at all because it no one could tell me what i wanted to experience like yeah. no one could i had to go through it again and try and understand it and unfinished actually, business it was unfinished business and, yeah. the, and the second time i i accepted that i had a problem i had a mental health problem that i don't think necessarily it was the diagnosis i was given but i do accept that i had emotional instability and i had stuff inside from childhood that needed resolving that needed help and the psychosis brought that out of me that is what that's what i mean by catharsis it helped bring out all this pain, all this trauma, like stuff, rejection, disapproving this, you know, abuse, different abuse and stuff. It helped that all come out. And that's when I started engaging with the mental health team. And I got a lot of good help there. And I started seeing a counsellor. And and it was the beginning of a, a really brilliant change that's continued. Um, but the psychosis helped me do that. And the second episode was longer, not as extreme, um, in a more safe environment. I mean, I think, I think, 
I, I'd wised up. I was a bit more savvy like you were in yeah. hospital. Like I'd wised up to what I needed to say. Like if I didn't want to get sectioned, I know I couldn't tell them that a minute ago I was just thinking that I'm this or I'm. Yeah. I'm. I just. I just switched that light off by the power of my mind. <laughs> yeah. You know, whatever. Someone protect yourself. Yeah. 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 So because I, I just felt it felt very sacred. Yeah. That's the word. It just felt this is a meaningful experience, and it. I want to let it happen. And no one was allowing you to pursue those meanings or they didn't give you the space up until that point to... My, my care meaning. coordinator, I think, was quite flexible in how um, he he knew I was probably quite close. Uh, he told me close that... Close to the edge. Close to being needing to go to the DOP, <laughs> the yeah. Department of Psychiatry at the hospital. But they have, they have, I think they have three levels on the team um, of how close someone is to psychotic, and I think yeah. they moved me up quite high. <laughs> um, but I've that, seen I've seen the board at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, I guess yeah, we've had the benefit of seeing a little bit behind the scenes, yeah. haven't we? But um, yeah, I. But luckily, he, it never got that far, and I was able to go through it. And and I started engaging with like more useful spiritual literature so the bible didn't help me <laughs> but um i started reading things like eckhart tolle oh, i yeah. found this wonderful set of videos and i think they're still on youtube uh, am i bipolar or waking up by mm. sean rockwell and i recommend those videos to anyone who's having those kind of doubts about whether it's a psychosis or whether it's meaningful because they really helped me now i think he did get criticised for not considering like the more paranoid experiences of psychosis because he covers the more spiritual, higher, you know. And I know some people go between the two as well, but it, he hasn't. He didn't cover. He did cover some of the paranoid because my experience was very, as I say, like spiritual, profound. I felt a lot of love and I felt sort a lot of philosophical. Is it? Yeah, yeah. But so he covers that size, and he he's asserted. I think he's done a book that. Bipolar. The reason bipolar is increasing so much is because we are in a phase of waking up as a collective Information. humanity. Sorry, is is waking up, becoming more conscious. That's what I mean by that. You know, I'm why not saying that? I don't mean it's like the second coming. Yeah, but why? Why is the world coming more? <laughs> I think arguably because the world needs it. Like we're at a stage now where it's give or it's uh, stick or twist because you know we're causing havoc on the planet um, and. Like if we say like Mother Earth has given birth to this race of people of this you know intelligent species disease yeah but like any yeah but like any child that were to stay in the womb if mm. if Earth is the womb and humanity is the child the womb becomes toxic if the child doesn't leave and and leave the I'm not saying we all leave the planet yeah you're not I'm just saying, saying go to Mars. <laughs> not maybe one day but Leave do you know what i mean plane it, yeah, it, the child becomes toxic for the mother yeah so what well, i think humanity has become toxic for its mother particularly over the last 200 years like the industrial revolution and the enlightenment mm. um and that we need to we need to wake up to what's really meaningful not we need that car we need that house we need to not worry about you know just do the absolute minimum we can to keep you know, no, we need to become more conscientious, more caring. And that's what I see waking Stop up. Stop having too many children. Yeah, that's <laughs> arguably one one thing. I don't know. If, yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily... We need to have some children. Don't forget, otherwise we'd all die out in two are you Are you going to have children? I'll have one. Yeah. I'll have one. <laughs> <laughs> one, that's okay. Two into one, that's okay, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
you know, but I wouldn't have five. I wouldn't have three. Why not? I'd have one. Because, like you're saying, it's a big... It's a bit over the top, It's isn't a big it? carbon footprint. Yeah. I wouldn't really want a parent more than that. <laughs> yeah, it sounds bad when you say, like... I'd adopt. If I wanted more than yeah, one, I'd, I'd adopt. I thought about that, yeah. you know. I thought, I, I, I don't even want another version of me, so there's plenty of other... There's plenty of kids who've got nothing. Psychosis, coming out through psychosis, has definitely one of the main things that's made me more conscientious more self-aware, more reflective on myself, but also that has that has inexorably, inevitably been projected onto everything else and everything I, you know, from being a sun-reading, Tory-believing... You used to read... You used to... Yeah. You used to atheist slash oh, yeah, slightly racist, like, probably. You were slightly racist? Well, maybe not, but you know what I mean, like slightly bigoted, sexist. Really? Yeah, I'm sure, of course. In when way, I worked though? on the underground, I'm sure... You know, you get with your mates. I'll be, I'll own up to it. You know, you get with your mates. You're really sexist. I'll look at her. You know, much worse than that probably as objectifying well. Objectifying women. Yeah, objectifying yeah. women. Um, just thinking. You men weren't are... saying like, oh, let's ban abortions and stuff or, no, or anything like that. that. I wasn't yeah. saying that. But you know <laughs> what I mean. Give like, yourself some credit. Yeah, yeah. You weren't yeah. like going to clan rallies and stuff. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, just that general like, you know, believe. You know, that embedded white privilege yeah you know believing in that not 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 being conscious of white privilege not being conscious of inherent sexism that's what i mean by that i don't mean like i was out say even saying like racist words i wasn't yeah you weren't running a brother or anything no no no. (laughs) but it's just being more conscious you know now i'm more like an eco warrior voting green and you voted green yeah of course why because uh, it was a wasted vote really i should have in eastbourne should have voted lib dem (laughs) It was Tory or Lib Dem. Who would you vote for? I have to vote Lib Dem, don't oh, you? Yeah, I would have voted. I would have voted Lib Dem. I'd have voted. He got in without my one vote. Luckily, though, yeah, <laughs> it was only like by sixteen hundred. Yeah. But uh, no, it was because I don't know. Stick by your guns if that's what you believe in. You vote for it. It doesn't matter if it doesn't get in. You have principles, you know. I was yeah, that close. Politics that... isn't based on. I was that close. Listen, you, Lib you've Dems. Got to play the game, Lib... haven't you? As a student and care, and a, also a carer of people who who want to become and educate themselves, how can I vote for a party who got into a coalition saying they yeah. will not allow the fees to be tripled and then went back on it immediately? They're all lies, aren't they? I know, I know, and I'm not, I'm not holding it against them. I, didn't, <laughs> I don't saying. know anything about Lib Dems. All I know is they're not the Tories. I do like Stephen Lloyd. Yeah. He, he's watched a film. Oh, has he? No, I like him. Yeah? I like him. A lot of people do. Yeah, I don't I think they're all... Kind of when I was at Brighton, Pavi- I was at Brighton Pavilion before. I voted for Caroline Lucas, so I was very, very pleased. Yeah, that's one of the places they win, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, that's... no one else cares about politics, so no one's tuning in for our political. No, no. <laughs> no absolutely. <laughs> Where do we go from here? How much then of um, psychiatry or the mental health system do you think then is about maintaining a capitalist society in terms of people who are ill, or people who can't produce and consume, getting them back to work? Yeah. That's the reco- That's what recovery is. Is getting back to work. Well, I think particularly the mo- the the movement towards pharmacology and how the power that pharmacology has in diagnosis. Mm. Um, there have been some really interesting studies um, about how how doctors will di- uh, prescribe certain medications because it makes the surgery the most profit. That's just completely unethical. It's completely unethical, but it's true and. Yeah. Um, you know the fact that that is that system is catering for corporations and corporate profits that is very fe- that's feeding into exactly what you're saying mm. 
you know, and having less practitioners or less people giving out counselling and therapies or talking therapies, you know, I, I, yes, there are mo- like CBT, but CBT. And I mean, I, I hate CBT. CBT. Anyone that's had CBT yeah. will know will know what we mean. Who's had it and tried to change their life using just CBT? Yeah. It, I'm not saying it's got no use at all, and it, it's better. You than, can say it's got no use for you. It's better than nothing. I wouldn't yeah. say, oh, let's do away with it then, but it's not a long-term solution. It doesn't go deep enough and it doesn't... No. St- it only it's, not, do- it's not fair, I don't think, either. Because in essence, a, a lot of it is about saying that what you think and feel is meaningless. Mm. Mm. I do have some nihilistic tendencies. You know, I, I kind of do think that everything is pointless and meaningless, but I'll, I'll, I'm along for the ride anyway, and I choose to find meaning in things, mm. whether or not ultimately they mean anything. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but I do think that meaning something that is really powerful in the way we live our lives and yeah. how we see the world and yeah, all big stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to rob people of that, yeah, or to not allow them to pursue it, or to say that what you think because it's not helpful. No. Well, the C- just weird. one or two CBT practitioners I know they they reckon that the best the best sessions they have with people are the ones where they have more personal, meaningful. Inter- they stray from the framework. Well, in a way, yeah. you know, they're allowed to within a certain degree because I think part of the it's not always about the coming up with the plan and the the diagram and the is it the script? I've forgotten how CBT exactly works, but they, you're supposed to come up with a yeah. It's, a, it's not diagram, but there's a word and. It, you come up with the the thing and that's part of the session but then the other part of the session is having this what's happening now you know like and that can be very therapeutic and actually if you read you know m- reviews on therapy different therapies and the different modalities of therapy uh, you'll see that often the best the the most the variable that's most likely to give positive outcomes is the quality of the relationship yeah. between the therapist yeah. forgetting the modality so that includes cbt that includes humanistic person-centered and psychodynamic all of them it's the how they yeah. come together which it should it should be fucking obvious they've probably spent a million on that research study haven't they <laughs> could have just come to me i would have yeah. told them yeah <laughs> Give me a tenner. And they'd have been, they'd have been like, oh, yeah. John said. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you need backup. Don't you? you can't, you need to show evidence. What's your evidence, John? What's your evidence? Come on. Oh, you well, lost, lost your words. We've got like 2,000 years of history that says if people get along with each other, <laughs> this is, you're going to have a better time. Yeah, but we've got this thing called therapy and it's a bit of an institution into its, unto itself. And yeah, you have some to, of the things they're doing studies on, Dom. I could tell yeah, them. Yeah, so wait, just, just come to me. I don't deny £10 for a, an answer. I don't deny for a second. Save a shit ton. But it's not, that isn't considered evidence, is it? I could, if you come to me and say, does God, does, does God exist? You don't need to. You don't need evidence. I could just say, yeah. I think if you think God exists, then He exists for you. So yeah. therefore, He exists on some. Hey, why is level, he here? He? Why is he here? What's Look, that about? I don't. I don't make the rules. <laughs> I didn't write the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the Bible. Okay. I'm not talking about the Bible. But yeah. Um, what do you think? What do you think about? What do you think about mental health, psychiatry, being just a tool for, for you know modern way of living to keep people going you've got to look at two separate things don't you as a system which is its own thing it's just rolling over like an engine constantly and 
is just carrying on from what's happened down the years in mm. terms of like you know whack them on a bridge whack them in a cage charge people 10p to mm. look at them mm-hmm. and then you've got to look at it as um, the people that are part of the system that probably most of them have really good intentions but they are operating under a system which is often very oppressive yeah. and uh, dictatorial and paternal as yeah. well they, they don't Control. I think I think medicine when it first started if you look at what Hippocrates said, who he's like the godfather of modern medicine, isn't sure, he? Sure. And um Hippocratic oath. Yeah. They swear by that, Do don't no they? Harm. Yeah, yeah. And they said, um and there's a lot of harm done, isn't there? That's the thing. So they're not only are they when they when they force treatment on people, they're superseding the Human Rights Act, aren't they? <laughs> a lot of things And <laughs> whenever they things. coerce people into drugs and things, they're and they don't tell them that it's gonna reduce their lifespan by 20 years or it's going to give them cerebral atrophy if they're on it for a long time Mm. all this stuff they are committing a sort of sin against that oath that they swore Hippocrates said stuff like it's more important to understand the person than it is the disease and it seems like that's sort of been eschewed Mm. by a lot of psychiatry Mm. Mm. they did meet a lot of nice psychiatrists who you know, they they care about people. They care about people's stories. They they yeah. gen, gen, genuinely sort of care about people. Mm. But they are operating under a system which says a lot of things which I find abhorrent and just deeply offensive about people. Such as anytime anyone says mentally ill, a little piece of me dies inside. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yeah. it it really breaks my heart because right. I don't think sure there's certain things like Alzheimer's and stuff is a physical degeneration of the brain yeah you could call that a mental illness but I don't think that a lot of the stuff that we've been through is an illness I think it's just robs a narrative a personal interpretation of something that's happened to you mm-hmm. that means loads to you and to to say it's an illness you know just go fuck yourself mate you know <laughs> basically <laughs> Like if you're if you're going to come up to me and say like something that was really deep and I I sort of found myself I found who I was I understood myself more mm. I felt alive I came out of sleep I guess mm. you're going to tell me that's an illness you can go fuck yourself basically <laughs> especially if you're just not even going to make eye contact with me yeah. and say that after five minutes of knowing me yeah, yeah. I think that's just really messed up yeah. and um, there should be a lot more willingness to understand people on an individual level mm. they, they, they want to fix you don't they they want to do something to you with you, Get you at you yeah. they fix. can't just sit there and let you be that's one but, of the things but do you think do you think we're victims of some top down directive all the time or do you think that is because yeah. I think we're the... I don't give humans that much um, I do. No, I do. I think... You think there's like sort of New World Order sort of thing going Not on? Not New World Order. No, no, no. I just think that... Control I just think No, I just think it's way more two-way than we let on. Like, I think the political... The politics we currently live in and the, the mental health system we currently live in is a reflection of the collective... Consci- the collective level of understanding. Yeah. People do go to doctors to get fixed. But do you think there's anyone so when, that's conscious of that when or someone, controlling it? No, they, they, I, would, I would say they don't. There's not. Start. I say not many people have in, many people have insight to that. Yeah. But I know how many people. Like I've worked in 
you know, mental health, as you know. And, you know, I go to certain people who literally do want to go and get fixed yeah. or send their partners to go and get fixed. They're not, they're not, they don't see the benefit mm. of what you're saying, the personal insights. And Why? The, because, they, like you're saying, they don't ask those questions. They don't, they're not looking for that. But is it because they've been spoon-fed this idea that anything out of the ordinary is This wrong. is... I mean, I was in... Okay, I was a part of that. Before this happened, I say it's, it's given me so much insight but, mm. and self-awareness. But I think before that, I would have gone to a doctor just to get fixed if I had a problem like that. When my... I'll tell you what, my, one of my siblings had mental health diagnosis, not the same as me, before what happened to me and I that is the kind of thought process I would have around it it's like let's just deal with it I don't it's too difficult for me to try and too uncomfortable for me to try and deal with let's just go to the doctor the doctors need to do it they'll the take care of it yeah. they know what they're doing exactly yeah they've you got know. the pills they've got the tools yeah and I so I think it's a two way thing I don't think that we're all victims of nah. you know just some governments nah, of course <laughs> you know, I don't I would never give people that much credit that they'd be that organized to think all that through that's the thing i, don't, I think it's a, a, a result of life being chaotic and no one have, that we're all we're short term yeah, yeah we're short you know? term and we we keep learning we from want our solutions mistakes. really quick yeah don't we? look i mean i think honestly hand on heart i reckon if all the people around back who came up with burning coal for we're going back to the green thing yeah i reckon if they had known the damage it was going to do like sooner mm. we're, we're always reactive you know laws come in because it's a reaction to something bad that's happened this Grenfell Tower tragedy tragic right lots of policies and things yeah there'll be hopefully a court case and all the families will get everything they can for the tragedies they've had but more than that there'll be all these changes in the regulations because this cladding shouldn't have gone up and this shouldn't have happened this shouldn't have happened. and that's how we learn as a re- that's how all of us learn you ask any scientist he says he didn't learn from his successes because they were very few and far between he learned to do what he learned to do or she learned to do from the failures but the, our greater society doesn't appreciate the strength in failure does it like even even down to the point where when you're at school, they tell you to rub out your mistakes. <laughs> yeah? That's, that's part of it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. You know? Yeah, learn to learn from them, though, right? Yeah. Learn from them? Yeah. We so all, we're always learning from you them. You think there's something about how um, we're constantly looking for solutions on the outside rather than on the inside mm. that perpetuates that? So Some, somewhat. We're, we're constantly being told, you know, blah, 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 buy this car, it'll sort you out. Yeah. Eat this food, it'll sort yeah, you yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, do yeah. this, do yoga, do Zumba, buy this blender you know it'll, <laughs> it'll, sort it'll help your life so yeah, when yeah. it comes to make you a better having person. a mental health issue you're looking on the outside you're not mm. looking in mm. you need this pill yeah yeah yeah, or, yeah yeah you can't you can't possibly resolve that naturally and it's very uncomfortable to look inside for some people oh yeah well. it's terrifying it's terrifying yeah it's looking into the abyss isn't in, it? introspection yeah it's much more comfortable to go on youtube like people don't like being alone people don't like yeah. being in silence Fear. I, I quite like that. Fear. You know, the Native Americans, or yeah. well, I don't think they even care what people call them now. <laughs> but um, Cherokees. That's, yeah. that's one tribe, I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> they think that silence is sacred, and that um, in in um, the white man's world, mm. we're, we're obsessed with noise and we surround ourselves with noise, the radio, yes. talking. We must have. Yeah. And they think that the truth or something deep comes out if you just sit in silence. 
So they'll just sit with people in silence. And then the first thing someone will say after sitting 10 minutes in quiet will be something worth saying. That is and that is profound yeah I, I like that that's yeah. profound that's ancient but it's terrifying yeah. isn't it, it at is the same time it's scary for people who because mm. it's not what we're used to no. we're used to hearing engines Noise. blenders huh. you know when I get stuck on a problem I get stuck on a problem if I sit with it not even think about it just sit with it put it to you know like you meditate on it yeah. you know that meditation as a way of alleviating psychosis has been a brilliant brilliant thing you know that's Eckhart Tolle and that that is ancient wisdom Lao Tzu the father of Taoism Mm. he he talked about silence and the the all-knowing that's where consciousness comes from arguably if you believe in that kind of stuff what we were were monkeys and then someone tapped a wand and was like you guys can think now not quite like that but (laughs) no um just that we true intelligence comes from that inner silence yeah Oh, establishing a silent mind. Is mm. that what you mean? Mm. Yeah. I don't know if I quite want that. That's what I mean by the channeling. The channeling, I was talking about earlier, that came from the silence because this wasn't talking. It was it was something deeper than that. That's So you weren't having racing thoughts? No. No? Not, not in that moment. Definitely yeah. not. So you'd found a sort of peace there? <sighs> well, there were thoughts. Is it, it's the thing, isn't it, when you're trying to describe something so complicated there, there were thoughts, yeah. It's you can't say it was just this or it was just that, right? Yeah. It's different. Like you're going through it, different but chambers. It, but it came... You're saying about the, the Native American who said, sat in silence. That's how it felt in that... In that, that morning it happened. But you were in Australia. I was. Not in the outback. No, right. but it can happen anywhere. Yeah. I think lots of people are waking up to that silence. <laughs> So you're doing all right now. You're uh, you tick the box of recovered. Well, I go. I'd, I'd like to say let's come up with a new word because I think what's beyond recovery. Oh, you're with me then. Yeah. Oh, you don't like the word recovery. I think it sucks as a word. I think I told you that anyway in yeah. the first place. Oh, you gave what me the idea, it? did you? Well, yeah. yeah. What's recovered? Recovering yeah. up. Who's yeah. recovering what? It's like oh oh you've been you've exposed yourself. Let's cover you back up. <laughs> it's like recovering. Yeah, I think it's more like an apocalypse, isn't it? An unveiling rather than a, a, a covering. Yeah, it's like an uncovering. Yeah, and as well, it's like recover. Can you go back in time? Mm. No, you can't. Can mm. you? Mm. So the wounded healer again. It's like okay, I'm wounded. If that's true, then that's okay. And yet, I don't feel wounded. I feel healed. I was wounded before it happened. The wounds happened. You know, and no one's particularly to blame, and nothing's particularly to blame. But stuff happened in childhood. Stuff happened. You know it that I've had to work out and and that was someone else's stuff and so it's just been going on and on and on. But it, the wounds, they were the wounds, but now this, yeah, you can say it's the wounded healer because I'm looking to, you know, I'm to, looking to become a counselling psychologist now. And, just and they com- told you you couldn't do complete, that, didn't they? they? said you can't do that, complete, you can't be an astronaut. Complete, yeah. Well, I'm proving it wrong all the yeah. time, but yeah, I just completed my psychology degree and I've spent ages trying to... You know, and a lot, as you say, a lot of people, different people are getting into it themselves from that lived experience route, which is brilliant. And hopefully everyone who works in mental health has had lived experience because they're the true experts. But, um, oh, controversial. Well, well, how, how can someone with schizophrenia say get better advice from someone who from like a psychiatrist who went to, you know, 
went to a nice public school and then read went the to books. a Russell, Russell group. Yeah, they read the books. They went to a Russell group uni, did a few, did a lot of placements. And then you're a psychiatrist and did six years as a medical doctor degree internship anyway, and then specialised for a couple of years in psychiatry. But the thing is, his, how does he know better than someone who's recovered from schizophrenia? Yeah. He can't, he can't know. But you don't think schizophrenia is a thing though, right? Do you? Uh, you think the experiences uh, happen? Do I think it's a thing? As yes, in, do I you, do. You think it's a, an illness? I think there, there are there is something to be said for the differences between schizophrenia and, say, bipolar. Yeah, having worked and worked with different people, but they have such similarities. Yeah, they do. But um, I can appreciate why. But they're just diagnostic criteria. They're yeah. just diagnostic. What about the middleman schizoaffective disorder? Oh yeah, I mean it's the bridge between the two when you don't quite fit in one, but you don't quite fit in the but other. You, but exactly, but there you go. When when you asked me earlier, did you fit into that box? Not entirely, and there'll be no one that fits entirely into any of the box. But to say there's so no fuck diff- the box then. <laughs> What's the point then? Yeah, but then we go back to the reason the box is there is because of we go back to thud, the thud study. Yeah, right. They needed something, right? They were still talking in schizophrenia and bipolar then. Yeah, but it was it was really problematic then. It was like, yeah. okay, how do you? decide on what's what so have you got bipolar then um no <laughs> and is that because you don't think that that's what you have i'd say actually some it, people it depends, do have it, it depends you who just I, don't. i'd answer that question differently depending on who i talk to yeah <laughs> it's true who, who then i'm not i'm not saying why well it depends it depends if i'm okay if i'm working with someone who's got bipolar i've got bipolar because it's that common ground and immediately we have that shared but can't you find that common ground when you get into the actual nuts and bolts of what those experiences are yeah. isn't that much more rich yes and but if you if you've got so much time with someone or you've just met someone it's not easy to just straight away go into the nuts and bolts so that's that's how i found it useful <clears throat> like, that's why i still use the word psychosis to relate it's, it's like a umbrella yeah. Yeah. and everyone knows where to stand under yeah. the umbrella and yeah. I'll talk to the people I'm standing next to about it and that's how I've found a lot of help is talking to people who've been through similar things yeah, yeah. so without that sort of term or that one simple thing mm. I wouldn't have had that No. which is you know annoying I suppose in a way but no. that's just how the world it, that's Why just is it language annoying? isn't it no it's good yeah but you know I don't yeah. I don't if people I if I go up alone. to someone and I say I've got psychosis they're going to be like oh has he got a knife? Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. There'll be some people, yeah, and, you know, portrayals of psychosis like Stacey from EastEnders, classic example, that are really yeah. unhelpful, that give a public consciousness of psychosis that's dangerous. And, and media, exactly, you know, yeah. Frank Bruno and the sun, the you know, the whatever, you know, all the horrible depictions. But to the person who you go up to mm. who's been told they're psychotic and who feels the loneliest person in the world because they don't know anyone that's been psychotic. And when I met my first person who was bipolar after coming back home, I suddenly felt I didn't feel alone anymore. So that's why I haven't let go of it completely is because... We could get that value elsewhere, though. Yes, true, John, but sometimes there's there's a place for it and you might meet that. And that is also something that I have helped... I try and get people to realise when they doubt what they can bring. People that are really, you know really institutionalised sufferers of, of mental health diagnosis, let's say, or mental illness, yeah. whatever the symptoms may be, and who are down, who are feeling down, who don't feel they're worthy. And I always see the potential of them helping others with the same 
you know, isn't that problematic? The way though? you're when, helping right now, you you, th- you know, you, then you've when, helped when with you psychosis. That's the problem, though, isn't it? When you are those terms things that give people hope. That's what it comes down to. Because if someone finds hope in in referring to themselves as I'm a paranoid schizophrenic, if they think, okay, now I've got this, I can move on with my life, I can do what I want to be, I can fulfil my potential, that's great, yeah. As but a, does that hope? Hope only if for me in a stepping stone into becoming um, an important, you know, better or feeling better about themselves in the sense that how it's useful and how it doesn't have to be. I, I suppose I'm saying it. it in the context of like someone who feels that they they're worthless now mm. you know like yeah not can't be an astronaut but when it's taken to a, an even more extreme which it often is they feel that's it their life's over they're going to be on benefits they're going to be on medication that's it they can't you know they might be able to do a bit of volunteering as a way of saying this doesn't need to be terrible this this can be a useful thing and yeah and i agree with also moving beyond it you know, it doesn't need to be what defines Is that just because we don't have the time to use more than one word? We, yeah, I mean, in a way, but I'm just saying in the con- like the examples I've had where I've been able to say, you can use the, this experience that you had, like, yeah. you can use this. You can turn this frown upside down. Well, yeah, it's like a life coach <laughs> thing, isn't it? But it's yeah. great, that's what it can be useful for. Yeah. So why does it have to be purely bad that you've been diagnosed with? But we're told it's bad, though. That's, we're told it's an illness, that's where oh, it yeah. comes from. Illness Disease. isn't a good thing, is it? Disease. So that's, that's why it's weird. But the more it's being embraced, and it is being embraced more and more, I think, um, you know, service user involvement, service user this, service, you know, and, and practi- pe- people with lift experience working higher and higher up, you know. Yeah. Rufus May, Rufus May, he's an example, someone who I've followed somewhat, you know, tried to, you know, someone who's... Seen you in the film? Yeah, you know, so... Oh, is it really? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, someone who was labelled, who's gone through, who then decided to go through clinical psychology training you know and then said oh well i was psychotic and look at me now you know these can be things that from phoenix from the flames you know he says he believes that every single diagnosis of schizophrenia is wrong would you would you go along with that it depends what if it's potentially if it's right for the person yeah it's right if someone's wrong if someone's suddenly found an answer to themselves they've because they i've met people who again they they were so unwell and i don't mean it just in a mental health sense just in themselves they were so unhappy unwell whatever the symptoms were suddenly found an answer my my sister was one of them she struggled and struggled and struggled and until someone said i think you're this it was like a light had been turned on and she had it, you know yes it had other issues along with it like other problems came from it but may it was actually a great thing because it meant she got more help she could get you know lots of things changed for her when she got that label do you think though like that i'm someone who thinks that when something makes sense i hope i'm confusion shall be my epitaph <laughs> right you know yeah yeah like i as soon as i feel like everything makes sense or like everything's perfect everything's in its rightful way and blah, blah, yeah i've had that light bulb yeah i now understand everything i'm cool let's go i think i'll be dead like just in my mind I don't think life does make sense. I don't think... I think we really want it to really badly, don't we? We want everything to be neat and tidy and we understand it and we know who well, we, we are. we have to. We know what's wrong with us. We've got these answers. We've got, we've got a little path all mapped out for us. I'm safe. I'm comfortable. <laughs> I know where I'm going. Yeah, but, but no one does, do they? No. Really? 
But <laughs> if you can accept, yeah. But I would say to that, if you can accept, if you can accept the contradiction that is life, yeah. Then you're halfway there, aren't you? You don't need to understand it. It doesn't all need to be perfect. So you can sort of give yourself this illusion that you do understand. Doesn't matter. We can call it illusion, or we can give it. Look, this is it. This is what we're here doing. I don't understand it. My psychosis system uh, showed me that as well. <laughs> you know, I don't. We don't. There, it's full of contradictions. We say one thing, we do another. We do. You know, it, it's all over the place. You're absolutely right. Cognitive dissonance. You know that yeah. that two two opposing thoughts in the same mind and all the yeah. defense mechanisms we have to try and keep them there but at the end of the day if you can accept that that is what we are and then do do what you want to do out of it do the best you can out of it have a podcast have a have a film have a you know hobby and have do the things what, what are you here to do? That's the answer to the question there. Do you like, think we're here to do anything? I'm here to do some things. I know what yeah. I like to do. Yeah, I'm here to... I want to help others. Change the world. In my own little way. <laughs> but at the same time, do the things I like to do, right? You know, go what, running. What, and, do you, what, how do, what sort of a world are we living in when we're like, yeah, I want to change this this world? You get sectioned. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> does, it's pretty dystopian, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the, the main... I, I do think the thing with diagnosis is that the best thing about it for me is that it's helped me meet other people. It's helped me pursue avenues of meaning. Okay. I, I wouldn't have had... Let me challenge you. Finish. Let me finish. Oh, sorry, John. Go on. I've, got a, I've got a good one here. Okay, cool. It's like an accordion, though. <laughs> the, the, you've got all this stuff, all these thoughts and experiences and feelings, yeah. and the accordion stretched out. And as you push the accordion in, it's mm. making one note, yeah. squashing all those things into one word. Yeah. And by the time you pull it back out, it's playing a different note, <laughs> and all those words have changed. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's my that's my thing. That's your analogy. That's cool. So gone in. <laughs> what what were you saying though? What were you saying? So that's the one good thing you got out of your diagnosis. Yeah, sort of. Uh, I guess it's like a bat sign. I think I've said before. Oh, cool. Yeah, you know. that's cool. I don't really like Batman that much. <laughs> I'm more more like the Joker. But probably. you like the bat sign. You like that idea. The beacon. Yeah, yeah. Not the beacons are lit. Gondor calls for aid. That's cool. Yeah. Do you not? Do you think your mental? What? <laughs> what do you think your experiences? Are you going to say your mental illness? <laughs> well, all right. You don't think you have one? No. No. If you can get under a microscope, show me it. Sure. <laughs> so all right. I'm not denying like what you're saying. I think yeah. that's absolutely fine. I think I have prob- have problems. Okay. Sure, but an illness. I don't think life's an illness. So it's more the name, the term, and what it means—the yeah. illness, yeah. rather than. But you. What, so what do you consider you went through? Well, how how can you sum it up? <laughs> Were you confused? Um, something exploded in me. Something wasn't right. My brain just said, "Fuck this." <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was at university. I was uh, trying to make films. They were giving me haikus to make films based on. You know, I make my own fucking haiku, mate. Don't need your haiku. Write my own haiku. wasn't can, I wasn't allowed can, to express can you myself. Explain for me and anyone else yeah. who doesn't know what haiku is. You know what a haiku is. It's a Japanese poem that's got set structure. Oh right, okay. So I, I have it like it. five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. Okay, I have something like that. But why is that relevant to making a film? Exactly, Dom. Exactly. Oh, right. That's the first thing they told us to do. I'd gone there. I was all pumped up, wanted to make films, had ideas like, to make it films. It was like to be creative. Like, yeah. give us an example. They of put you me being... in a. 
they just said make a make a film based on this haiku we're going to give you. Oh. And I was like, nah, okay. I don't want to make a haiku based on this right. crappy. Give me a good haiku. This is a shit haiku. <laughs> There's better haikus out there. Can I choose my own haiku? Can I write my own haiku? No, you can't. You make it based on this haiku we're giving you. How right. creative. <laughs> How, what a great way to let people express themselves. So a lot of me is, I, I thought, at the time, I was thinking a lot like uh, in, in metaphor, like you. I think one of, the, one of the best ways I've heard psychosis described that's always stuck with me is it, it's the death of metaphor. You know, what was just a metaphor is now reality. Real. You're, you, in you someone's feel mind. It. Yeah, 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 it's not, it's like this or it is this. It is this. Yeah, well, yeah. that is what... That's the difference between a simile and a metaphor, isn't it? But mm. you, you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do. In that it, it becomes real. And what was only allowed in, in places like art and cinema or, or interpreting the world in different places, different ways, mm. there's certain places you're allowed to do that in mm. art, you know, in religion, things yeah. like that. And yeah. there's... But if you do that in the real world... You're crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I was arranging Cocoa Pops on the floor like it was a masterpiece that only certain people could interpret and understand. And would and, appreciate. Yeah, and if they did, they'd see the sort of enlightened place that I was seeing. Yeah. Obviously, they didn't. Well, I can appreciate that. But I can appreciate that. Yeah. What you're saying. But then I'd, I, I felt like it all came about a lot of it just from like hungover teenage angst. A lot of it, I think as well it's never just one thing is it no life's complicated I'm just asking what it was like though rather than why oh yeah you know what do you know do you not feel I mean do you feel that the the labels and the the, the episode in mental health particularly and yeah. the, the team how, was that helpful at all are you glad oh, yeah, it happened yeah. at all I mean my experience of hospital was one thing my experience of the early intervention team was completely different the, the people in the hospital were just not nice <laughs> they were uh, I remember this the other day one of the first days I was in there they took away the pool cues they said you can't have the pool cues because you'll hit, hit hit each other with them because you're crazy that, well, that's what their words were why is the fucking pool t- table in there <laughs> so they just leave a pool table there were you, no balls no pool were cues you, what's the point were you beginning to organise your riot at the point? that was after the riot <laughs> <laughs> I can kind of understand that but, like, and then it was the same, the same guy right his name was Ike he was a real piece of work Ike yeah he, uh, he was a real he was, piece yeah of... he was a real piece of work okay. I was obviously I'm, I'm a mischievous chap and you know I'll push I'll push it as far as I can without quite getting into trouble so I kind of appreciate it. I can be difficult at times <laughs> uh, fictitious and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. what have you yeah, yeah, yeah. but he did this thing he he took an instant dislike to me because I was you know being cheeky I guess mm. I was asking questions not just swallowing the pill he did this thing he came into work one day he he got some sweets he went round to the communal room where all the other patients were and he gave every single one of them a sweet and he kept looking at me and he just walked straight past me with the sweets didn't give me one and he went around being really nice to all of them like do you want a sweet I'll have a sweet and didn't give me one didn't offer me one and he was he was looking at me all the time and smiling as he was offering all these people sweets why would you do that 
What's, what's going on with why that? Why did he single you out? I don't know. Didn't like me. And then I, I wouldn't give... He, he kept up because I was smoking, going out having cigarettes and stuff. He wouldn't let me keep my lighter. So I was I'm not giving it to you. He's like, but you might burn the place down. You're mentally ill. I won't. Don't worry. I'll keep it. Don't worry about it, mate. If you don't give me the lighter, John, I'll put you in the seclusion room. So Did I, he? No, because I gave the lighter back. Because oh, right. I'm not that stupid. But I could, wanted to burn him. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like slightly bullying. So I made a complaint. That sounds slightly... Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? That's me. really weird. What's her name? The, the nurse, the horrible matron nurse out of that. People know. People know who that is. But then I made a complaint about him. <laughs> and then the next day, he'd obviously heard that I'd made a complaint about him. And he came and tried to shake my hand. And I was like, nah, I'm not shaking your hand. <laughs> You're a prick. <laughs> <Did> you? <laughs> you know? really Why did. should I shake your hand? Yeah, yeah. You, you've, you've treated me with zero respect. Respect, but that's also slightly psychological abuse, don't you think? Yeah, like oh, doing yeah. Doing that thing with yeah. the sweets. That's really like humiliation. It's really like trying weird. to humiliate, trying to... Power. Single out. Yeah, power. Yeah. yeah, it's something weird there. And then after I refused his apology, some of the other patients in there were like, Good for you, John. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, fuck that guy. I agree. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you need to put your foot down and show when someone is being that way. And yeah, there's some things I'm just not going to forgive. No, it's good. Know? Yeah, fortunately, stick to your guns. Yeah, right? yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah, it's good. But forgive if he truly showed remorse. But it sounds like he was just he's doing it to keep his job. To, yeah, because he's been told yeah. to perhaps show. You know, but that's psychological abuse. I think that's the thing with the sweets. That's well, it's definitely not caring and compassionate, well, person-centered no, no, approach. Is trying it? to single you out. Yeah. Front of people and yourself, and weird, yeah, not good. Weird, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, it's not in the nice guidelines, is it? <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't That's think what so. we're up against, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, in some cases there are, of course. Yeah, not everyone's like that. There's going to be people like that. Yeah. yeah. There's people attracted to that for the power. But I didn't see any. Yeah, of course. Narcissistic who who interview brilliantly. It's not the fault of the. Is it the fault of the institution that they're not analysing everyone yeah. who tries to come through the system to work? who ends up being slightly warped, wow. very warped, only getting in because they have power over patients, they're going to get through. Who's oh. in charge of the system, though? It's very, yeah, but it's very difficult. Someone that... Narcissist, classically, this is, you know, all the psychology stuff coming out, but classically, psych, you know, narcissists are very... You'll find a lot of narcissists and neurosurgeons or and psychopaths as well. That's the other one, the psychopath gene, and politicians and corporate... Honchos. Yeah, I've read the psychopath test because if they weren't any of them, they'd be in prison. <laughs> yeah, the psychopath test. Yeah. Exactly. You know, how do you? So, what do you suggest we do? Screen everyone, like put them under massive analytic. Yeah, before they're employed. I mean, it's hard, isn't it? That it's got to be a way of not letting people who are going to behave like that. <laughs> is uh, is in there? those positions? Is there? Though? I mean, if I'm a member of staff and I see my colleague treating a person like that. I'm, I'm going to do something. Do you think there are people capable of showing in an interview that they're caring, considerate, compassionate, where deep down they're putting on a front and deep down they're actually quite warped and able to do what they did? Because I can say, yes, there are people yeah. that can do that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So Tom Cruise. What can we do? <laughs> It's called a- acting. Isn't uh, it? Yeah, acting. Yeah. Exactly. You know, but, They know deep down who they, what they really want to do, get that power trip, get that, yeah. you know. But they, they can put on such a a perfect uh, front, perfect front. You know, yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky, isn't it? Yeah, that's a psychologist, love that word. <laughs> so you, you, you're doing good. It is all right? tricky. Yeah. You know, the mind is tricky. 
as you say, it's contradictory. <laughs> it's funny though, isn't it? Tricky as. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just seeing. It's not seeing demons and all this sounds tricky for you. Oh wow! Well. You know, <laughs> that must be really tricky. <laughs> what do you want them to say? Oh my god, demons! Just don't say anything. Let me carry on. <laughs> I'm I'm here to talk. But some people are quite scared of their demons, aren't they? I I've always been interested in demons. I remember when I was um, at college doing film production. That I, if I was thinking, yeah, what do I want to make films about? I want to make films about inner demons. All my favourite films are about inner demons. Because hmm. I think everyone's got them. Definitely, I don't oh, think I don't, th- I don't think people are good or bad. I think everyone's both. Yeah. I think everyone's got a dark side. You're right. Definitely. You're right. I see it in myself sometimes and I don't like it. I react. I react badly. I can be like, I can get quite angry and irrational about nothing and and, blame, and then judgmental and like make, seems to make someone really horrible when they're not. It's, it's all my coming from my that negative energy. It's just in there. Yeah. yeah. It is. I could be really unfair. And um, you're right. Absolutely right. But then. But that's just being human yeah it's just being it? human yeah. and I, I try to acknowledge it and not just give myself such a hard time Try and try not to act on those thoughts as well <laughs> that's good CBT practice yeah. is when you can be your inner that inner nasty person who can say horrible things and, and see someone really yeah. horrible so there's a reason why we do that isn't there it's, it makes us feel safer yeah to... sometimes it's, it might be like unrepressed like, or like repressed anger and yeah. repressed oh, fear yeah. I got a lot of that yeah, 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 I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> but I, don't, I think anger is the tool as much as it's. Uh, it is, yeah, no, and that's true. A curse, I suppose. Yeah. Who are you really angry with, though, John? I guess myself. That's what you want me to say, isn't it? No. <laughs> which which angry at the world? Which one are you? Angry at <laughs> Theresa May. Yeah. I'm angry at. Oh you? Yeah. Oh, how can sorry, you help me? You feel sorry for her. Well, she wanted that election. That's how she, 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 she wants did. You. <laughs> she happened. wants you to feel sorry for her. Oh, does she? Oh, well, she, I, she I wouldn't have said I felt devastated the night of the election. Oh, well, I'm not surprised. Poor you. Well, she she only chose to get it done because she thought she'd do better and ended up doing much worse. So I, I felt, yeah, she's still human, John. Mm. Don't you think? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Even you seen those videos where she's um, reading off the teleprompter. I, I'm sure I saw a little flicker of a reptilian eye there, just a third eyelid, oh, just gosh. flicker across. God, we're getting into Illuminati. <laughs> no, I don't think people are reptiles, but no. I think maybe she might be a new species, sort of like hybrids. So, reptile. so do you think? Do you think right wing or like uh, capitalists, whatever, um, neoliberal, let's say neoliberalism, are people that really subscribe to that deserve compassion? Yeah, think? of course. Yeah. Because I do. Yeah, well, yeah, people are people. Yeah, I can. Some people believe in that stuff, and it's just yeah. as much as I feel like you know, if someone, even people that do horrible things, feel horrible things, think horrible things of other people, that I think there's a reason why they feel like that, and I don't think it's entirely their fault, is it? But this is something like going through uni. I did my degree was dual honours. I did criminology as well. Yeah, and we would sit there talking amongst ourselves about paedophiles and some. There's that guy in prison who who was the lead singer of The Lost Prophets. Yeah. I don't know his name. Is it Ian? I don't know. But anyway, he he was... If you read... I read... Someone showed me the uh, case notes and the, the, the court... The court... 
notes yeah. of he, what he did and some of the explanations and things. It's, I mean, disturbing isn't the word. Like, mm. if you could personify evil, I guess if you know, it's a very strong word, isn't it? But what he did and the power trip and again, it's that ethical question. Like, is he, is he redeemable? Is he, is he, how much has he suffered? What has he suffered? Like, do they, do they know? I don't know. He's, he's in prison. He got massive. They're not looking to, also, but he, you know, he's to find out the stuff. It's very, that's what I'm saying. It's very difficult. Like what, what do we, you, there's that brilliant prison. We've got one prison in this country. I think it's called Grendel prison, which is a psychoanalytic prison where they take, they take pretty, you know, cases like that people that have murdered raped paedophiles whatever and have them there not like a normal prison where it's you know much more controlled they they're given more more freedoms not freedom but more freedoms they they have i think if they they if they're okay they have meals with cutlery and you know they they try and and they have lots of group therapy and things i don't know all the details so i might have that thing recently that said that those um those group therapy yeah. initiatives for paedophiles result in more reoffending when they get out. Potentially. Because, no, no they I do. I can imagine that, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They learn how to be better paedophiles and where to get where to contacts. Get and, worse stuff. Yeah. Okay. But, and the same thing happened with that psychopath thing, well, didn't was, it? They learned to be better psychopaths by doing groups. Well, I was trying to bring it back to, I was trying to bring it back to Soteria House. Like, yeah. you know, you take people, some of the most disturbed people, um, you know, I'm not saying people like that should ever be let out or given freedom like they had it before. Definitely not. But I just think that can it be worked on? Can it be his rehabilitation possible? If we believe that yeah. the sort of rehabilitate or recovery or whatever word we want to use, apocalypse. I don't like that word. I don't like apocalypse. Why not? What? How did I say it? You called it the apocalypse. I think, in a way, that what we call psychosis is like a personal apocalypse. Yeah. In the in the in the true meaning of the word apocalypse, which is an, an unveiling. Okay. Not the end of the world. No. Okay then. What's okay? Fair enough. Fair enough. But anyway, yeah, that. So, if that's possible in people that have been given the hardest labels and in terms of mental health diagnosis, can't the same be said of? You know, people that have committed horrible crimes. You know, yeah. I just think there is room for compassion, even for, oh, definitely, for yeah. those people. You've got to believe that, haven't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Uh, again, I'm not, but I'm not. I say this. I say this very strongly. I'm not condoning the acts at all. I mean, anyone who thinks that you are is probably no. I know, but you know, it's always, it's always, yeah. But it's anyway. always, it's always um, dangerous territory, isn't it? You seem like a sympathizer and a, someone who's like, oh, you didn't mean it. I read this you know? book once, <laughs> which read, is not worrying. I read this book once called Silent Scream. Right, mm. it's about this guy who was absolutely tortured from a young age. His uncle, dad, repeatedly raped him. Yeah, and um, to the point where one day he went to the doctor's for like a checkup or something and um, the doctor noticed there was something wrong with his spine and the doctor said you you were abused as a child weren't you a lot mm, mm. because it it deformed his spine mm, wow it was that, that bad. brutal wow and this guy it was written by the guy mm. and he was talking about how 
he eventually had a son and he was having those feelings those urges yeah. to abuse his own son oh wow and it's, it, that's where it gets tricky right because how do you judge that watch um, that great uh, you know Eileen Wernos she was yeah, a serial yeah, killer yeah. that's a really tragic Mon- story monster it? Yeah. it was the film I haven't watched the film, but I watched the documentary. Oh, well, yeah, well, the documentary is much better because oh, yeah. I'm glad you watched course, the documentary because yeah. that was brilliant. But the film didn't show her early life. No. Whereas the documentaries, there was two. Yeah, there's two. Um, show yeah. the creation of that serial killer. Yeah. And then he, the sadness in the, the guy's voice because he was like the last person to talk to her, I think. Yeah, in before, the booth before yeah, being Yeah, in killed. the room. It was a little yeah. room. And... He 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 just I just remember him calling out her name and saying he felt such sadness for her, knowing he knew what was really going on here. That this woman, although she killed men for money, um, did it because she she killed men for money. She stole after she killed them. Oh right, and then still stole their money to keep her relationship. But was she doing it for going. money? She was, was she? Do, she was still meeting these men, knowing she didn't want to, couldn't bear to have sex with them anymore, but killed them, took their money. As an easier way of getting the money, uh, I thought it was, or getting more. Wasn't money. there a lot about a revenge partially. from being? Oh yeah, well there there would have been some of that. that. But she always stole her. from them afterwards. I mean, it, she always took their money. It wasn't like she was on revenge killings. She was she was getting money, needing the money because she had the relationship with some other girl and who needed money. So she needed to go out, but she couldn't bear to have sex with them because of the one that nearly killed her. But she had been she had been systematically raped from like the age of twelve yeah, or, or younger. Not a very nice family life. And started prostituting it as a teenager or yeah. child, and it it was. I just I just bring it up because I remember the guy calling out, saying her name, Nick saying Eileen, you know, Nick Nick Broomfield. Yeah, yeah, brilliant guy. Yeah. he seemed, and just that that spoke to me of that that was maybe I watched that young younger age. I remember feeling f- one of the first times that. You know, people that commit these sorts of crimes, how much do they suffer? You know, asking that question. Mm. You know, and the film, the film who was... Who are we to judge? Yeah. Mm. And who... Hitler was... Getting on to Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> but Hitler was... He was Hitler was abused. Poor, rejected As artist. a child. Was he? Yeah. Was he? Mm. Oh, I didn't know that. He was. Yeah. You know, I'm not justifying anything, but... Oh, well, yeah. But, again, you know... Yeah, it's that, and they said that it. Eileen Wernos was crazy, didn't they? Because she was delusional. The film, and she thought, but she she was going crazy, thinking that Hollywood were going to steal her story and make a film on it and make loads of money. Yeah, and they said that she was crazy. And what did they do? Killed her. Well, she was psychotic. They made a film. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what. So those that paranoia was completely justified because that's exactly what they did. <laughs> yeah, they did make a film. But yeah, people. I, I think everyone. They wanted her story, didn't they? Well, but the people, film, the film didn't do her justice. I mean, it did. I haven't it, watched it. It was sensitively, it it was sensitively done, mm. but um, you know, it, it was, but it didn't really explain her childhood very well. It just showed her as a prostitute straight away. It wasn't the abuse she had as a child and all the different things that happened to her. It just went straight, oh, here's a, prosti- here's a down and out prostitute. Look what happens. It's yeah. like, okay, that's... It's not fair, is it? That's not fair. No. It's not fair. And I'm, I'm sure the guy who knew her, Nick, would feel... I'm sure he would feel that it wasn't fair to her, really. Um, even though it was... I mean, it was Charlie Theron, wasn't it? Yeah. And she was... Um, she did play her really well, I felt. I mean, it was almost her... 
she was perfect. Absolutely, I couldn't believe how well she yeah, she looked she's and actress, sounded. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. But also, also her her conf- in her conflict that she didn't really want to kill these guys. Um, it was it seemed like the better alternative. And it, you know, yeah, it was revenge. She saw all men as evil and whatever. The thing that fascinates me, which anyway. is a weird term, about sort of serial killers or people that do extreme things to p- other people is that there's n- what's the difference between them and me? Not a lot. Yeah, and that's scary, isn't it? Not really. I mean, I think a lot. There's probably a few things that would turn me to killing someone. Yeah. Can I say that? I don't want that going on. <laughs> Maybe <What>? not. Why? <laughs> there's every, every, I don't want someone anyone, coming to anyone, arrest me. But for, anyone that says that they've never thought about killing someone is fucking lying. Yeah, true. Aren't they? Yeah, yeah, true. But I'm sure. Well, yeah. If someone, if I had a child, I hope to have a child. As we were saying, if someone were to kill my child in some horrific way, and I had the opportunity in that moment to get them back, I might kill them. Mm. I might commit murder. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think you can drive someone to a place where they that they feel that isolated and that um, backed you know. into a corner. Yeah, and but also psychologically, like in such a place where they hate, yeah, hate everything, everyone, and and they attack, they go and attack. You know, what what's in the mind of Brevik, that guy, the Norwegian dude that yeah. that went and killed all that, all that that political party group, you know, what and a bunch of kids and the kid, the yeah. children, yeah, it's horrific. Yeah. But what was in his mind? What was in his mind? You know, to do that, what what had happened to him, or what? Why? It's not always about that either, though, isn't it? Because I've watched enough serial killer documentaries to know that not all of them have come from bad backgrounds. No, maybe not bad backgrounds looking on the face of it. Yeah, I guess a lot of it is about how you sort of interpret the world, isn't it? So, like, something happened to me someone else might not think about. Oh, might have a nice way. car and the parents are in an interview with the police after they've killed someone would say well he was such a good child and we yeah. we looked after him we but deep lunches. yeah but deep yeah deep down the father completely rejected him mother said he was never good enough from the day one or you know whatever has happened really we don't know we don't we just don't know it's tricky should we round this up yeah i think so yeah we've gone so psychotherapy yeah psychotherapy so now you're not only out of the woods you're uh, back in the woods <laughs> wearing wearing uh, different clothes well in a way what's a better analogy than that I'm out of you change hats let's say let's say your mind is a vessel from which to traverse the world's stormy seas yeah and you've restocked the the stormy, the storms haven't stopped all the time. The, the waters have settled a bit, yeah. and I've improved the sails. You want, you're not someone that wants just flatline life, are you? You want to feel those things. I decided. I decided after the second episode of Psychosis, and I believe that's what it was to a degree. What is that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, compare, I know. I know what it was to believe in what I was believing in. Um. I, de- I decided I don't want it to happen again. Yeah. And that is a firm decision I've decided. You don't need it to happen again. I don't need it to happen again. Yeah, I, I, would, I, yeah, I don't want it to... I would choose not for it to happen. If it was to happen, then okay, it's happened. But I remember a consultant psychiatrist high up in the team saying, you know, it's happened twice. <laughs> Statistics would say, and I was like, I'll 
show you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I felt like that. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll prove you wrong. It's not happening. Yeah. And I, am I going to be on medication for 10 years? I'll show you. Oh, I can't be a kind counseling psycho clinical psychologist i'll show you you know it's like yes and i feel are you gonna have that day where you do go and show them but are you gonna go back and be like here's my degree you motherfucker well i've already got one degree yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. well you're gonna stack i won't be mother i won't be saying motherfucker but i'll be saying i won't slag anyone off but i'll say no i'll I'll be more humble just don't say anything just walk in there slam that shit down on the desk and walk out (laughs) you don't know me Really, you know, I wouldn't, I couldn't do that, but I would go... Just a photocopy. (laughs) I would say, I would, no, I don't need to show them. It's in me. I would just be like, this is it, you know. But there is that, that's that's driven you. But more, it has driven me, but more than that, if I can share that with others, if I can share that with others and say, look, I've done this. I was told, I was written off. I was told I'm going to be on medication like this. You know, chances are certain jobs are out of your my reach. This, 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 this. I believed in all these things, and this is what I have done. And that, if I can help one person do the same, or if I can help some people realize that this doesn't need to hold you back the way that you believe it does, or you're told it does, or you're told it yeah. does, then I've done my work. I have helped the world in my own little way. Yeah. Well, that's changing the world is. Step. not as big a thing as people think it is exactly do little things little step it? at a time yeah. if we all do our little step the world does change overnight doesn't yeah. it yeah unless you <laughs> walking backwards <laughs> some people are so Try so what, what what are you doing in your life now then well i've just i've just i'm graduating in two weeks i've just finished my psychology degree applied psychology i've got a place on the on counseling psychologist training and doctoral training to become a counselling psychologist and hopefully uh, that means that I'll be working in my own mental health team as a high up clinician um, with all kinds of potential and I I hope with that I'll be then teaching Uh, I'd like to teach you're going to do teaching I'd love to teach but you know psychology even if it was just a college you know it doesn't matter I'd love to teach and um, do you do do the public speaking I feel okay about. Have you done? Teaching. Do you do it? Like, you do it on your course. Right? I do. I do teaching in my own little hobby thing. I've got a model engineering hobby, and I teach a lot of the. Oh, young, I do. I teach a lot of the young people, oh. to some skills and things, and I really enjoy it, and I love doing that. So, I, I, in a few years, I can see myself teaching, and one day having a pra- my own little practice and outside of the NHS. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Yeah, because. Because the spiritual aspects of my experience... The ideological limitations of the NHS, is that Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there is... But more of that is coming in. But anyway, I I just see myself having a little bit of the transpersonal and the... All of it. What do you think of that open dialogue thing? You know about that? Not too much about it. I've heard of it. You must know about it. I've I've heard of it. I haven't done it, though. I haven't done it. What do you think of it? I've drunk the Kool-Aid on it. Oh, yeah? Definitely, yeah. I think it's good. Yeah. Imagine. What a great thing. You just sit down with a bunch of people that you like and some people who've had the experience of people who've been through similar things and you can just talk. Wow. Yeah. It's great. Amazing, yeah. Might do research on that. I've got to come up with lots of research. <clears throat> the guy that came up with it, Yako Sukula, he says it's the most well-researched mental health intervention of all time. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I need to think of some... Indiv- it's some... Uh, I'm doing a video on it actually. New research. The, the Kent, the Kent team who've oh, done cool. it. There's two happening in 
England. So that video that you've done for EIS, do you think a lot's come from that? Oh yeah, it's one of the. That's the first documentary I ever made. I never used to want to make any documentaries at all. No. I used to really love coming up with stories and being able to control everything. I liked your tea one. That was funny. Yeah. That was really. Well, funny. even that's like a documentary. Yeah. You want to t- tell tell people about that film then? Well, t- how, the tea that, film. How do we meet? How do we how do we come to? How, how did you find this curse oh, upon really, you? I'm really revealing myself. Yeah. Um, well, we're both part of the same mental health team, aren't we? Yeah. And uh, uh, someone came to me and said, someone who I really like, respect and admire on the team, um, said, we want you, can you be part of this video? You won't get anything for it or next to nothing. <laughs> and it'll be watched by loads and loads of people. But, you know... You know, you show show what psychosis is for you, and um, talk about psychosis, and talk about your story a little bit, and um, and that'll be used by the NHS to to I don't know what is it what's it mainly used for to sp- explain EIS, isn't it? It's the, I made it as a film that I would have wanted to see that would have stopped me from jumping out of windows, running away from a mental health team that were trying to help me. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I didn't think that they could help, would help, or. Mm. I didn't want anything to do with them. Yeah. But if I'd have known what they were actually like from mm. people that have been through the system, their service, then I would have got got into it much quicker. I would have actually engaged with them much more mm. rather than just yes, no, mm. tell them what they want to hear so they leave so, me alone. See, we made that great video. And again, that was... that was um, seen, That's been seen over 30,000 times yeah, together. yeah it's, it's called great. Simon Says Psychosis if you want to YouTube that yeah yeah uh, and BBC interviewed me about it wow that's awesome Didn't there's this this Norwegian team of research this research organisation pretty big or something that they came over to Sussex mm. and they wanted to do like a little tour of early intervention in Sussex and someone was showing them around and then one of the people in the film, Katie, walked past and they were like, oh, it's her, it's her. <laughs> and so they were like, oh, what do you mean? And it's like, oh, you're why we came here. We watched this film. We came here because of that film, oh, wow. which is pretty, pretty awesome. amazing, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. had, you know, people are watching it and But even, the even then, that, that's, in, that's motivated me because it was like I was cut through that video with the clinical lead, the psychiatrist, you know, the ca- and I yeah. just felt, oh, there's me talking about, you know, and I'm one of the people, which is fine. It's absolutely fine. Yeah. But I didn't want to be... You didn't want to be the beacon. I'm happy to be a beacon, but I want to show that that beacon can be the same as the clinicians as well. That, be- that beacon can be... So what you're telling me is you want to make a sequel? I can make it. I, can, I will make a sequel, but I want to come back and say, that was me after I'd had my psychosis, talk, telling people about my psychosis, and they are the people that helped me, and now I've become one of them, helping others. Like Darth Vader. What? Not like Darth Vader, <laughs> like Luke Skywalker. What are you talking about? <laughs> Why like Darth Vader? Why like Darth Vader? <laughs> That's a horrible analogy. <laughs> you know, he, 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 he became what he swore to destroy. <laughs> I'm not trying to destroy these practices. No, I'm joking. Yeah, well, I don't even know what I mean. <laughs> like, like who's who's? I just say words. I don't know what I mean. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, like I don't know. I just felt you're part of a new wave of uh, moles. <sighs> More than moles. Like, uh, no matter what counselling psychologist you'll find, you you need one that's lived it. Yeah, is that what you think? You know? 
you think there's like you can reach a higher level than people that haven't been on that yes. plane yeah potentially <laughs> potentially yeah of course yeah. yeah why not I agree yeah I agree in it's a way two different um, pools of knowledge to draw on isn't but it but even those that haven't gone through a lived experience they'll be brilliant in other ways yeah so we're all brilliant I'm not manic <laughs> I just believe it we're all you're enthusiastic aren't you I am, you yeah. are enthusiastic I like person. to believe in people yeah yeah it's helped me a lot so yeah anyone who might be psychotic or having experiences of psychosis listening to this you know hope that they can believe in themselves and overcome whatever difficulties and one day you might be sitting in a small office that's full of flies talking to me (laughs) (laughs) or on your way to an amazing career making films or working in mental health or doing astronaut whatever astronaut exactly whatever that's where that is the ideal isn't it I'm not telling my kids that though what you can be an astronaut why not not fair be realistic you can't be an astronaut (laughs) can be no not everyone can no not everyone can we don't even have a space program here England's England's only ever had one astronaut to go into space we need a second one right now it could be your child I I like to believe you're more optimistic than me I think Uh, yeah I mean you could be anything's possible yes okay temper those expectations but you know if you really want it you can okay let's end it then thanks John Um, any final words I think you just said enough. No? Yeah, I think you said enough anyway, haven't you? Thanks. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. This has nothing to do with coffee.